time for Cigar Talk, the fastest growing cigar show in the nation. Whether you're a new cigar enthusiast or a cigar aficionado, we have something for everyone. Bringing you the best interviews, cigar reviews, and weekly giveaways. So grab yourself a cigar. It's time to light them up. Welcome back, Cigar Talk. I'm your host, Rob Jones. We got Bryant Falconer in the house. How you doing, brother? Man, I'm doing good. Doing good, bro. Awesome, man. So well, let's get into, oh, first of all, let me say, uh, if you're not smoking a cigar already, <laughs> this would be a good time to cut one yes. and light it up. You yes. know what I mean? That's what we're fixing to do. I'm smoking the Alec Bradley Rare and Fine 2019. Great freaking stick dude i've been saving this you know i've Worth smoked it. i bought a five pack yes sir from the leaf yes sir of the different rare and fines mm -hmm. and i've smoked all of them but one on the show uh -huh. because it's that good it's that great it, that rare yeah. that fine it really is and i'm smoking definitions we don't know the name we just go out of ribbons the red ribbon the red ribbon Maduro. i don't need no ribbon you remember that episode yes. of Seinfeld? why won't you wear the ribbon? I don't need no ribbon so anyway so let's talk about the definition cigars because there's been a lot of talk back and forth about some guys have experienced nothing but bliss mm. and some guys have experienced some bad construction so we decided, well, Bryant decided he's going to smoke one on the show, and he cut it, he did a cold draw, and he just lit it up. How is it so far? Perfect, Steve. Perfect. And Perfect. I'll tell you what, man, that, dude, you take the band off of that, and it's still a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful cigar. Yes, it really it, is. That yeah, that is nice. Oily. Oily. When I, when I toasted it, you could smell the cocoa coming out. I was like, yeah, listen, smell that, smell that. First draw, perfect. I'm just... I don't know, man. Hey, I don't know. Well, let's over as the we course go, of the show, we we'll yeah. check back in with you on that. Uh, I haven't lit my cigar up yet. Where's my damn lighter? There it is. <laughs> I told Luke earlier. I was like, "Hand me a lighter," and he was like, "Which one has fluid in it?" <laughs> That's the great question, right? Which one has the fluid, Mike? <laughs> uh, he's been using. He's been smoking all hey, week, so, so we may need to I'm refresh, going with refresh all of them. The lighter that Al McAuliffe gave me yeah. the first time we smoked together. He, Dad he, gave me mine. He passed this over to me. I needed a lighter. Uh -huh. He passed it over, and I, when I handed it back to him, he's like, "Oh no, you keep that." And I was hey. like. Hell Damn, you. thank Hell you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I was like, this is a man lighter. Yes, sir. Dude, it's it's like a, having a Zippo that's like on steroids. It's on steroids, and it and and it's bulked with that, so it was really lifting weights before it took steroids. It just wanted to look. Right. <laughs> it was already strong before. That's a bad lighter. I, when, uh, I, we were at the What's the Name in Fort Worth. And I was like, man, that's a bad light. I like one dance. Like, I see you later. And I came this, back with a box. I've had this liner for over two years, and it's still working great. It's been over a year for me with that one. Because that was what, dude, 2019 when we went there? It is. You know you have a lighter dude, when you hold that. I think that's probably at least three quarters of a pound. True. True. You Maybe, know you got a lot. You know you got something. Yeah. It ain't one of them flims. You like where's my lighter? It's in your hand. <laughs> with that, you know where you can it light is. a cigar with this. Dude, you can light. Or if you're getting robbed, it's <laughs> <laughs> true. Oh, I saw. I don't know if you saw this video. Yeah. This man was at a gas station, station and they rolled up in that white van on him, and he took that gas out, and he just started spraying him. <laughs> 
nigga was like, <laughs> and they looked at him, he was like, wait a minute, that's gas. And they started running. He just started spraying it in the van. <laughs> Dude, that was hilarious. He should have had that lighter there. Click. <laughs> Dude. Bruh. That was awesome. I, I said that and I was like, that's the smartest person I've ever in my life Two seen. Two dudes jump out with guns. With guns. And he, he soaks them. <laughs> he just starts soaking them. And it's like, <laughs> I may not have uh, any gun? fire. No, but no. I, I don't have any fire, but if you shoot that gun, you're yeah. done. <laughs> you're, and everybody with you is done. Especially if you get back in that, in that van where I've sprayed it all in dude. the van. Because people know, it's not the gas that ignites. It's the fumes. Dude, he at least pumped half a gallon in the window. Tell him. <laughs> and then they drove off. <laughs> He's like, nah, we can't mess with him. Nah, I'll leave that dude alone. He ain't playing. You know, he <laughs> that was Liam Neeson. put his pump up and got in his car and went home. Laughing. <laughs> he was like, I got them. <laughs> Don't mess with the old man. Got I have a set of skills. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, let's talk about what we're drinking before we get too far into the show. What I, are we I cracked open what are you cracking the open? Eagle Rare. Eagle and I'll tell Rare. you something. I was actually thinking that I wasn't going to crack open any of it until I get another bottle. Mm-hmm. But then when you showed up, I was like, eh, let's drink it. Thank you. That's my bruh. That's my bruh. Well, you know, you save. You save. Oh, just figured out I'm not wearing my work. <laughs> I happened to look over and I'm like, wait a minute. Because the <laughs> emblem got me. I was like, I'm sitting there looking at this shirt. Then I get, I'm like, wait hey, a minute. Hey, so, <laughs> There's the shirt. <laughs> hey, let me tell you something. The shirt was filthy. Uh-huh. In fact, I wore it, oh, on the show well, for the interview with Nick Gervais. Okay. And uh, I think that, yeah, anyway, when I came back in the house, my wife was like, what is all <laughs> over that shirt? And I was like, everything. Beans. <laughs> everything. <laughs> Lemonade. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, my wife washed it. It's on the hanger, and I forgot to put it on. Oh, somebody's out of, wait a minute. Yes. He's out of uniform. I just happened to look over there, too. Look, dude, I'm surprised he has on shoes. <laughs> he says he has shoes on all day. And he I, said, I, well, I, I tried to be in uniform. He went back in the house, and when I went outside, I watched him, and he was no shoes. No shoes. I was he like, shoes now. Jethro Bodine. <laughs> That's that's the Jones house. Ain't nothing wrong with it, bro. So anyway, hey guys, let's say thank you to our Patreon members, the Light 'em Up crew. Yeah, we are so appreciative, and you know we have. Let me, let me tell you, you know we do a lot of things. Well, I do a lot of things with the Discord guys. Yes, he does. And you I, know I work during the day. <laughs> let me tell you something. And I'll, I'll get back to this in a minute. But anyway, we just thank you guys so much tell because you truth. are the backbone of this tell show. The truth, and the support that you guys give us is so much appreciated. Yes. And I appreciate the camaraderie yeah, that I have with they these keep guys. Us going, man. They really they do. do. They pump us. They pump us. Because there are times when you get well, like and, to the and, point, and, and you like, know, you know, they also give us a lot of great feedback. Oh heck yeah! Uh, and I've got something planned. I'm going to announce to them in the very near future. Well, after this show, actually. But anyway, uh, they give us such good feedback on this show. You know, I'm going to say probably for four or five months they were like all of our episodes. We quit doing interviews. Yeah, we just thought, you know what, mm-hmm. let's try this and see how it works and blah blah. And when I went and had a meeting with the producers of the Patreon, Mm -hmm. they were like, yeah, we'd like you to bring back at least one interview, you know, a month. Month. Mm -hmm. 
and we've been doing an interview yeah. almost <laughs> every other week yep. at least so <laughs> we listen to these guys they they give us great feedback and we appreciate the support because they are who we are talking to yeah they're they're like us they they're are. regular guys yes. And, and so we want to give want, them what they ask for. That's right. It's what you want. That's what we're going to give you. Right. That's what it is, man. It's, it's Rob. Well, so, don't don't be he, telling them that. No, I'll be getting emails about things I can't deliver know, on. Because we know, like Groot, no, don't bring <laughs> No, young buck, yeah, oh, don't God. ask him what he wants. And <laughs> Leave it alone. And you know what? I was actually trying to get, I'm going to have young buck on the show okay. for, you know, an introduction and find out. Because that dude's, you know what? He's a good kid. He's young. He's like 21. He's smoking cigars and he just got a killer job. He's looking long term. Yeah. I mean, the dude is like getting his. He's not a kid. Yeah. He's, he's moving up. Mm -hmm. And so I want to have that dude on talk. I mean, a 20 year old smoking cigars and hanging out with old guys. Smoking them right. That's a, that's a you smart know, kid. Not cutting them open and removing the innards. <laughs> like some dude. Yeah. Oh, dude, dude, dude. How much. The caramel and the cinnamon that you get off of that. And marrying with this cocoa coming from this definition, bruh. I'm Dude, that eagle heaven, rare. Yeah. Heaven. It's great, man. What about our sponsors? You know, we're very fortunate to have great sponsors. Yes. And you guys are in for a special treat today because one of our sponsors, which is Case Elegance, we have the founders <clears throat> on the show for an interview. We talk about what they did before. They were in the humidor industry, and we found out about what it took to get where they are. Yeah. Dude, I'm impressed by these guys. They have jumped into something and not tried to make the fast buck. No. And that's impressive in today's market. Thinking about the long run, man. Dude. Thinking about next year. Exactly. Ten years it's like, yeah. yeah. And then. Well, we'll save it yeah. for the interview, but I'm just real impressed with these guys. And gotcha. so we're honored to have them as a sponsor. You guys, if you haven't seen, I'll put up a picture during the video at this time of the Army Green mm. Humidor. Mine. Dude. Yeah, 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 Mine. yeah, 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 yeah. I almost, I almost reneged. <laughs> what? Who's <laughs> going to be a problem? Who's going to have a problem? Pepper? I didn't. I, I was going to come over here with baby powder and a, and a hanger. <laughs> Man, wow. What? <laughs> where, where, as old Dodie Bastard said, where's my. <laughs> okay, so anyway, it's Bruh, yours. It's I, yours. I, it's I, yours. I was just had a few ideas. Nah. <laughs> you know how my brain yeah, works. Don't think. I need to take it home today. <laughs> It's like, Make sure. you know what kind of giveaway we can do? <laughs> yeah, it's going home today. <laughs> Sorry. Bryant left it here for a week. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, you know, my mind's turning <laughs> every time I see it. I'm like, you know what we could do with that? Because that, you know, and I shouldn't have told him, but. Bright, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, it'd be like a cigar. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that people sent for both of us and only one enjoyed. <laughs> but that was way old history. That's old history. Yeah, that's we not you done anymore. That a long time. A long time. I turned the corner. Yeah, I've and I appreciate seen that, your bro. value <laughs> to the show. <laughs> He buttering somebody because it ain't me. He falling for it, bro. I'm falling for Just it. Just so you know, I buttered on both sides. Nah, bro. Nah, bro. I'm good. I'm good. So, anyway, guys, okay. I want you to take a look at this Army Humidor because it's badass. Luke. Okay, hey, you guys, put the camera over there, Luke, so they can see the way this 
definition cigars burning. And he turns it's the it's, other way. it's yeah. beautiful, man. It is, man. So far, so good. <sighs> and tasting wonderful. And we're always going to be straight up transparent. Yeah. You know, that's why we want to. I mean, and you know, we love the guys. Yes. We love what they're trying to do. We want to make sure before we. Give them the stamp yes. of when you put your cigar name talk it, approved. You know today's culture. You put your name on it. You can't take it back, baby. Right? It's you. So, it's so you. We're working on that. We want to yeah. see how it goes. Yes. But anyway, uh, with Case Elegance, look down the show notes. We mm-hmm. got a link. You go by there. You purchase any of their products. They got watch boxes. <laughs> they've got man bags, totes, totes, bro. whatever. I say man bags. <laughs> and then, dude, and we talked about the man bag on the interview. He said the man bag. Wait, wait uh-huh. until you find. You're gonna get one. I'm gonna get one. Oh, I'm already. On. I'm already said. I'm gonna buy one. I think when you hear about what they do to make these, you're going to be blown away. Yeah, you know, because I, I know you're already style, like, yeah. like that looks good. That's my style, when you find yeah. out how they make it, oh yeah, dude, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. They wouldn't even tell me where the leather comes from because they don't want anybody to know. That's how badass it <laughs> they is. Growing, they growing dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> There's. <laughs> Secret Jurassic Park. <laughs> this is a Tyrannosaurus <laughs> leather. Tyrannosaurus leather. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. Dude, but, you know, everything they make is just badass man stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you go there and buy anything, if you use the code Cigar Talk, you get free monogramming on any of it. So make sure you go check them out. They're in the show notes. Yes, sir. And after, but you know what? Listen to the interview first, and then go, <laughs> then go. and check them out. Really want to go because then. you're going to want to know how much quality they yes. put into building their yes. all all their, their products. Yes, yeah. So anyway, then we've got McAuliffe cigars. McAuliffe. We want to say thank you to McAuliffe. They've been a longtime supporter. We're almost at two years in with McAuliffe, and we want to say thank you. And you know, the other day I got a message from a guy, and he was like. I smoked the Medallia, and you know what? I don't like it as much as you do. And I was like, hey, man, everybody has their own palate. Yeah. And then the next day, he sends me a picture, and he goes, oh, this Modafina blows <laughs> the Medallia away. And I'm like, dude, that's everybody has yep. their palate, and that's, that's palate. what's so great about McAuliffe. They're going to hit it. Is they have a cigar for everyone. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, this guy particularly, he smokes a lot of, like, Padron 1926, uh-huh. Padron 50th anniversary. You know, mm. high end cigars. Yeah, and he put that Modafina in that area. And well, he just said, I love this yeah. cigar. This is for my palate. Yeah. And, and the thing about it is, you know, if you're in that range, mm-hmm. smoke a few Reserva <gasps> and get back to me. Yes, sir. Because to me, the Reserva is way up Dynamite, there. Dynamite, bro. You know, Dynamite. I'm not smoking those be- a lot because my budget we, doesn't allow me. We go to a job. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we have to go to a job. <laughs> but when I have the opportunity, mm-hmm. it's one of my go-to luxury sticks. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So they have a stick for every palate Everybody. out there. Everybody. And the line isn't meant for you to have to love them all. No. Oh, no. You find the ones that you love. And take them with you. I mean, my three favorite McAuliffe sticks, I don't know if I've ever told you this, would be the Reserva, the Medallia, and the Connecticut. Reserva, the A, and the Sumatra. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> that's because our palates are yep, different. Totally you know what different, I mean? Yep. I think that they... 
I honestly think that they may make the best Connecticut on the market. Mm. I would have to do some comparisons to really nail that down, and maybe that's a future show. Let's yes. let's do like the top five Connecticut. I'm with you on for, that one. For a guy who doesn't always smoke Connecticut. Got you. You know gotcha. what I mean? Because if a guy only smokes Connecticut, gonna, he's probably yeah, not going to like my no, list. because he's going to have his own extravagant list. <laughs> right. But if you smoke everything. Davidoff Churchill. And <laughs> right. I mean, you, you got, depending on where you are. Yes, sir. But my, yes, sir. my Connecticut's are usually a little more bolder mm. than someone who's smoking the Monte Cristo classic yes, Connecticut. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You're right. You're right on that because your palate, when you look at this and like, man, it's smoking air. No, I'm good. I've smoked one, <laughs> yeah. and that's what I said. Yeah, it's smoking air. I'm good. <laughs> like, no. So uh, the other thing is, if you're not a McAuliffe ambassador, make sure you look in the show notes, click on the show link, notes, go by, notes. sign up. You'll get a free challenge coin with your own personal number on it. You'll also have an invitation to join the Facebook group that's just for ambassadors. It is wild. It's you awesome. have a ball in there. So make sure you look in the show notes for that. Yes, sir. Then we have Artisanal Tobacco. Artisanal. A blended beauty by AJ Fernandez mm. on the Viva La Vida. <laughs> Club 500. You know, the, the, the Club 500 rolls off your lips as soon as you finish saying Viva, <laughs> Viva La Vida. Vida. Yep. Like Especially Viva me. Viva La Vida Club 500. Club 500. <laughs> You know, I'm going to be honest. You know, I quit smoking 6x60s on a regular basis a long time yeah, ago. Yeah. That's not my biggest wheelhouse. That's true. But I will tell you this. That stick makes me want to smoke a 6x60. Yes. It is enticing. It, it's it's it, phenomenal. It talks to they, you. The way they... Did the construction, construction, the blend, the box press, oh, that the box, box press, press. Yes. Dude. Yes. Yes. I, I'm a big fan of the Club 500. That's my, that's my stick. I know. Welcome to Viva La Vida. I know. Five I know. Running, baby. I'm, I'm giving five you props. Bucks. Five bucks. What? 500, five bucks. You're too old. Keep going. <laughs> You're right. I, I. You know what? You know what I found out was the biggest enemy of man? What's that? Do you know? Age. Time. Time, yeah. Because you can't stop it no matter what you do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to freeze myself. So? so. (laughs) If I get hungry, (laughs) we'll have meat in the fridge. (laughs) No, uh, you can't stop time. But you know what I say to that? Then let's enjoy the time we got. got, And I'm going to do that with cigars. Stick in my hand. Yes. But if you haven't checked out the Viva La Vida, you owe it to yes, yourself. Yes, sir. And I will say this. If you're a brand new cigar smoker and, you, and you're taking that journey from light to full, uh-huh. you're going to need to wait just a little while before you get to the Viva La Vida. Oh, yes. You know what because I mean? That's a medium plus. It's a medium plus and it's a full ride. If you're new, your tongue does not have the and power you're, and to you're, understand no, that. Your, your nasal no, no, cavity no. doesn't get those You're not going to understand yet. it. You're not. But when you graduate someday, <laughs> someday, someday put that on your list, I got to try this. now. <laughs> you made it. <laughs> so anyway, and then let's talk about our last sponsor, which is Jay down at the leaf. No, well, I say Jay, Jay the leaf. leaf where Jay is, where Jay is <laughs> and Scott Jay and Corey. Scott. And you know who's back? Yeah. Dwayne is back. The man. Have you seen Dwayne yet? Not yet. I have not either, the but man, I'm looking forward myth. to it. I am. He's, he's like Burt Reynolds down there. 
He's the coolest thing in there. I don't think he's as old as Burt Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Is Burt Reynolds still alive? No, he's, I think he he's died. Gone. He's yeah. gone, yeah. But the car lives on forever. Oh, forever, man. I love being out there with Dwayne because we were both ex-law enforcement. So our stories... <laughs> Our stories or something else, man. And he knows his sticks. Oh, man. dude, he does. <sighs> also knows his guns. Oh, definitely. <laughs> hey, he's like, if there's any criminals out there <laughs> listening, I want to give you some advice. Don't, Don't ever go into a cigar shop to rob the place mm-hmm. because you're probably not going to make it out. No, because there are going to be law enforcement officers in there and, at all times. Oh, dude. They sp- we spend a lot of time in cigars. They used to talk about us being donut eaters. <laughs> nah, bro. That's cop crack. That gets you hyped. But when you're ready to wind down, you're sitting at some cigar lounge with a stick in your hand. I met a, a new officer in the back. Well, you were there, yeah. weren't you? Mm-hmm. I forget his name. I apologize. But he was one of the newer officers that I hadn't seen in there before. And so, it's you know what? We always love to see guys come in and be able to take a little break and hang out with us for a minute. But the cool thing is they come back on their days off. <sighs> and sit there and chill with us. And, and I talk. love making relationships with cops. Because Why? if I get pulled over, I'll be like, hey, you remember we had a cigar together. <laughs> you remember, right? That doesn't work with me. Yeah. We can have another one in this patrol car. <laughs> I, I, I am a, I'm a gifted Gabber, when uh, we it comes know to that. police officers. Not just when it comes to police officers in any situation. Oh. You can talk your way out of anything, <laughs> bro. I'm Dude, serious. My buddy Jeff down in Houston, he always used to say, you could sell a woman wearing white gloves a popsicle, popsicle. ketchup stick. <laughs> I can see you with, with uh, St. Peter. Man, I'm not going down there. But your name is... Well, you know what? Maybe. How did you spell it? Because let me look in there. See, did you say Robert or Rob? <laughs> Which way? Jones or Jones? Let me, let me tell you something funny. What's that, bro? So... Oh, but you got to go to 1166 North 2nd in Abilene, Texas. Now let's go. We're going to rope back around. I got but you. Anyway, <laughs> you know... My buddy down in Houston gave me a nickname that kind of stuck for a long time. Uh-oh. And it was Rob M.F. Jones. <laughs> I can believe that. And so that was on my Zoom name. And I had a meeting with a potential sponsor not long ago. And I look up and my name on there is Rob oh. M.F. Jones. <laughs> Lost. We either lost it or they was like, "Yeah, this the dude we want." Hey, it was with Case Elegance. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I was just when I looked up and saw that I was like, "Oh, so I changed it." <laughs> and I don't know if anybody <laughs> noticed. Like, uh, is he changing his name? <laughs> What's up? With this? I changed it to Robert Jones. Robert Jones. <laughs> like that sounds more professional. <laughs> no. But I think they know now. Oh, yeah. Everybody knows. Anybody. All you got to do is listen to one show and they know who you are. <laughs> right. He is that guy. Hey, so anyway, back to the leaf. Yes, sir. That's how we do our sponsorships. Is yes, sir. We make sure we cover them. It's just we like to throw in other stuff. Yeah, because you know, a- it's not just a blanket commercial. These are no. guys that we support and they support us. And we chill with them when we can. Like when Al came up here and sat down with us. Dude. <laughs> and just had a conversation. <laughs> and he was like, he wanted to know everybody's name. 
it was like, hey, he wanted to know people's name that I didn't even yes! want to know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so some young millennial came in spouting out stuff, and I was like, oh, nobody wants to know that guy. Al wanted, wanted to, to know. know. And had, had a conversation with him. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, you know, that's the kind of people that support us and we support them. And we want to say thank you to all of them. But the cool thing is, if you're interested in Viva La Vida cigars or the yes. McAuliffe cigars, yes. you can call up Jay and he'll get them shipped out that day. No delay. Boveta packs. No delay. Dude, everybody says, and when and check this out. The other day I was looking at Zika. Picture he posted. And he's got a cigar medic that tells you what the humidity is in your cigar. Uh-huh. He opened a pack of cigars he just got in the mail from uh, Jay. 67% humidity. He was like, dude, ship cigars ready to smoke, smoke because they're not in a warehouse. Nope. They're in the humidor. Yes. And they've been resting, resting for a prepared. long so time. So you send them in that state. So when they get to the new person, they're ready to smoke. Yeah, I mean, you don't if, waste your time. If if you want to save a buck, call up Cigar International, and they will send you out a brick that's been sitting out <laughs> next to the dry dock bay for days. That you're gonna have to sit in the humidor for a year right. before you smoke it. Uh, I got this. When did you get it? 1983. All right, I'm just I'm I shouldn't be knocking somebody, but you know, you saw his face, didn't you? My son, my son gave me, he's like, you shouldn't be talking about somebody else. <laughs> All right. Anyway. So anyway, we'll move on. So anyway, let's uh, jump on. How's that cigar doing for you? You saw that second, that second third ash that I just that just dropped down. This thing, no issues, still getting the flavors. Dude, and it's got cocoa. a good burn, too. Yes. And that pepper. Oh. I'll tell you one of the things that, like, the other day, Zika cut one with mm-hmm. the uh, uh, same cutter you have, the Deep V, and it was it cracked right Yeah, that's down. dry. It's I mean, too dry. And, yeah. then, and then you're screwed. Yep, because it's done. The worst thing is when a cigar splits, or Ooh. or what I also hate is if, like, part of the wrapper tears, tears. and yes. now I've got, like, the binder showing through, I'll smoke it. But it's, but it's, it's not, not enjoyable. enjoyable. I was just going to say the exact like same word. The whole time you're just messing with it. Because it's, it's nice in your face. And I got to keep looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You're like, how bad is that? Dang. Yeah. It pisses me off. Bro, I'm rolling uh, yeah, I see that. And let me tell you what, this this fine and rare. Look at that. You you said it in the name, fine and rare. Stop trying to outdo me, man. Let's move to the pick six. <laughs> Are you going to go first oh, this that time retro on me? Hell. Did you see him? Did you see him? Rub it in. Yeah, that's what in. you're doing. Do you remember that song? Yes. You know, that was a country song. I did not know that. I just thought it was a doggone commercial. No, I'm talking about the song in the 70s. Rub it in, rub it in. Don't only rub it in, rub it in. I know it's a commercial. They stole that. They <laughs> or uh, I'm sure they paid. Yeah, because I but know no, they didn't you know steal what? anything. After, after the show, I'm gonna play it for you. I got you. So no, you know you always go first on the pick three. Okay. That's just that's just he just pr- like that's 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 procedure. the order. <laughs> Standard operating procedure that's is procedure. you go first. <laughs> first, I got to get my glasses on, so I have to see. Flip it over to Big B. <laughs> okay, my my pick six this year. My three started off with a Nat Seco League of Number Four. 
Oh, dude, I haven't had one of those in a while. <sighs> now, where are those still in the cabinet? I didn't get them for there. Where I did it, I, it was sent to me. Oh, nice. And the thing about it, it took me back to remember when Junior run that box of them down in Fort Worth. <laughs> and we sat back there, and everyone we smoked, he's like, "Oh man, I was mad." I was like, "Man, I should have won." <laughs> but he 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 gave them to us. We we all smoked them, man. My number two is going to be a Romeo and Juliet of San Andreas. Really? Yes. Which which what color of box does that come in? Now I gotta go back and pull my. Is picture. that the is that the black box? No, I wasn't a black box. I don't know. I didn't get it in the box. I got them sent to me. Oh well, I didn't get no box. <laughs> I thought maybe someone sent you a box. <laughs> and my number one this week is going to be a six hundred one Maduro. Six hundred one Maduro, nice. Was mm-hmm. is that the, the blue gold. and gold? Yeah, blue and gold. That is a quality stick. I promise you that. So this, I had a good week. Yeah, you did. So this week, my number. Well, I'm gonna start at number three. My, <laughs> and, and this is not in no, ranking yeah, order. Gotcha. But my first one was a uh, uh, what do you call it? The uh, Cinco Compromiso. Compromiso. I remember that baby. Yes, sir. Talk about a chocolatey. <sighs> bomb it was just like dude that thing is fantastic willy wonka and then my next stick this week is the my father's lee bijou 1922 dude i'll tell you what i've really jumped on the robustos Mm. first of all it's like seven dollars and 80 cents you don't go broke and that robusto is a stick yes i mean it's not a short smoker too nope he said it's not a short smoker. It's not a short smoker. <laughs> it ain't a short smoker. <laughs> not like, We're going to leave that alone. Not like Scott Fritz. <laughs> Gosh. Did hey, he have to give his government my, name? My son, <laughs> my, my son gave me that look. look like, yes, the government name. <laughs> and then my final stick of the week was, it's a good one, the Diaz oh! de Gloria from A.J. Fernandez. A.J. Fernandez. Always. You know, I'm a big fan of A.J.'s. Yes, sir. When he makes a stick, I'm usually going to try it at least. And more times than not, I'm really <laughs> going to enjoy it. So, well, hey, guys. We've got Ian and Michael, the founders of Case Elegance, coming up next. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey guys, we have a uh, couple of very special guests with us today. You know, we've been talking about them for several months. Case Elegance, you know, we're big fans. Uh, but we have the uh, founders with us today. We have Michael Slate and Ian Bennett. How are you guys doing today? Fantastic, Rob. Thanks for having us. Yeah, making out. Thank you. Hey, man, we're glad to have you. We've been wanting to get you on the show. We love the products that you're making because, first of all, I know you guys are like all, you know, elegance and prestige and craftsmanship, but you know what we've kind of told everyone is you guys make badass man stuff. I mean, all the stuff you make, it's like it's quality, it's beautiful and it's like if it's if you're a regular guy, you, when you go to your website, I'm like, yeah, I need one of those, I need one of those. So, I mean, I love what you're doing. Bryant loves what you're doing and uh especially with the new stuff you got coming out. Let's talk about that for a minute. You came out with the military humidor. I love it, man. It's a beautiful what what color green would you call that? 
It's actually called Chive. Chive. But I was, yeah, but I was going for um, when I designed it. I was obviously going for like that OD green. Yeah, it looks green. like a Foot Locker. Yep, here it is actually. Very nice. Yeah, we, dude. And you know what? Just looking at it, it reminds me. I mean, look at all the hardware that you guys put on it. I mean, the the latches on the side, the handles on the side, the corners. Uh, I mean, dude. And then you got the yellow, you know, 50-gauge 50, 50 Toros. And then on the other side, it has your name, yeah. of course. But, yeah, I'm a huge fan. And, you know, one of the things that I love about what you guys do with your humidors is they come – with the humidification system so it's not like i mean if i went out and bought a humidor whenever i bring it home i still have to get all that stuff too and so when i buy a humidor from you guys i get everything i need right there yeah i think we we wanted to have a holistic system with our humidors right like we wanted it to be I think that's something we identified is that there was a lot of problem solving when buying a humidor that wasn't necessarily fun. Right. Like, there I, really is. Especially as a new smoker, you go, well, what, what kind of humidification system do I need? Do I need humidor solution or do I just use water or, you know, how, how does that all play? Um, so we wanted to kind of create a seamless customer experience with humidor buying and have a turnkey like solution where it's just you know out of the box you're ready to go and start seasoning and well, i think we got into this with doing that go ahead michael yeah no we, we got into this uh actually 2016 and we were i mean fairly new smokers right and and so we started researching the space and and even launched a, a really bad humidor early on and it failed and we noticed that all the humidors just had really bad reviews uh, everywhere you look right and, and it was very it, it was all about humidity nobody understood because they didn't you know really take the time to talk to a new smoker about how you humidify should i use like ian said should i use bomeda should i use you know water should i use what you know crystals whatever and so we kind of set about solving that problem and it took us every bit of you know three years at least just just really full time and i mean we were you know imagine 20 humidors in a room with different boxes lowering humidity and and different types of solutions and crystals and really just trying to figure out what's the easiest system that's going to last the longest and how do we make it you know just so easy for the consumer and uh you know it's kind of been a now i guess a five-year journey getting to to where we are so yeah so when you were in that journey you got 20 humidors in a room. Like there's a lot of cigar smoking going on during that testing. Correct. Uh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because that's part of it, honestly, right, the, right. The humidification actually affects the, the taste. Right. And I think a lot of people don't fully understand that, that, it, I mean, you know, even a, you know, one Boveda pack on the bottom uh, versus, you know, sandwiching them or putting multiple, you know, different or, or water, like a Boveda will taste different than water. It will taste different than, you know, water with a little bit of propylene glycol, which will taste a little bit different than the crystals. And so just understand it, making sure that we understand that and not putting too much of one thing to disrupt the taste is, is really important. Yeah, because, I mean, when it comes down to it, the most natural setting is if you're in Nicaragua and you just right there where the humidity is 
always with the cigar. But yeah. when you bring a cigar to the United States, and you know the thing about it is, when you look at the United States as a whole, you have so many variables because yeah. you know your climate in uh, your Indiana. area, Indiana, versus West Texas versus East Texas versus South Texas. I mean, we have different climates completely from one side of the state to the other. And so if I'm down in Houston, I mean, I don't hardly need hardly any humidity at all because it's already there. But out where I live, our humidity is super low. And so I have to maintain a proper hum- humidor at all times. You know, I don't have much leeway. Mm-hmm. And so I have friends all over the country that smoke cigars. So you're challenged. And the thing about it is what you guys do is you give them that package to where they don't have to figure it out. They just have to follow the instructions. And I love that because when I got started, I remember hating that part of it. And that was not a yeah. fun part of the cigar world. And so I have friends still that they really don't know what they're doing when it comes to their humidor, Tim Rickman. But anyway, uh, <laughs> he, he's, he's been working on a humidor for quite some time. And so I, I throw his name out there because, you know, he's not alone for sure. There's so many people out there that they don't feel comfortable storing their cigars at home. In fact, I had a, a video herf that he was on not long ago and his cigar was dry he had had the cigar to humidor i think for like six months eight months and the cigar was dry because well he has a cheap humidor but anyway uh you guys are here to solve that so let's back up before you guys got into doing case elegant humidors i mean like how did you guys meet what were your backgrounds i mean tell us a little bit more about you guys so ian let's start with you what were you doing you know 10 years before you were uh, doing case elegance uh i was maybe in high school i was gonna say don't tell me don't tell <laughs> no. me you were six <laughs> no no i uh i uh i think i was probably in college but i graduated in uh 15 so uh from Miami University. Oh, so you were down Ohio in the, the pinnacle of cigar land. Well, no, 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 of Ohio. Oh, it always oh gets sorry, sorry. Miami of Ohio. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's all good. So <laughs> you know, I play tricks on people though sometimes with that. But yeah, so I studied architecture and marketing. So and then I uh we went on to or I went on to like a startup kind of scene and world and did some uh designing for you know apps and websites and doing a little bit of front-end development and that's kind of where michael and i met um so if you want to go michael yeah uh i went to i'm a little older than ian by a couple years uh even though i know i don't look it uh, yeah 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 <laughs> me yeah and i'm younger than both of you so go ahead <laughs> uh yeah so i i went to purdue for computer science i'm Indiana born and raised and uh, started like a, a startup for uh, ringtones actually for cell phones. Oh, wow. And it became, became one of the largest uh, ringtone companies in, in, in the U S for a time there as I was a young 23 year old kid, didn't know what I was doing and uh, just trying to manage it all and got really lucky out of college and, and was fortunate to, to sell that business 
actually, I sold it to the same guys that sold uh, back when MySpace was a thing. They sold MySpace to Fox. Oh wow! And they just had a just had a huge exit there, and they wanted to kind of do the same MySpace type thing for mobile. And we had a large community, and ringtones was kind of a shifting landscape where it was everybody knew it was kind of popular for a time and then going away. And so they wanted to transition the business. And for me being a young kid, I'm like, you know, sell it, get out, you know, cash out. Yeah. Uh, so you're I, like, I was, I'm pulling the handle of the slot machine. Come on, hit, hit, for hit. Sure, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and was, was really fortunate to, to exit that business. And, and then, um, you know, being like, I was like 26 at the time and, didn't have any idea what I was going to do, you know, just, I like, I, so I guess I'm just going to take some time off. So I took like a year off and traveled and, uh, and had, had a baby. Why my wife talked me into a baby at that point in my life. I don't know, but fortunate now that, that, that she did that, but, um, there's so, no right yeah, or so wrong we, time to have a baby. Just so I mean, you know, Michael, <laughs> certainly, certainly it was, I, you know, my son is 14 now, so I'm very happy that, that, it, you know, went yeah. that way, but, um, yeah, so so then I kind of got into I had an e-commerce of the, the mobile entertainment. We had a we invented a product called cell phone scans, which is like a vinyl decal that you stick on the phone. So I had kind of my first experience in e-commerce and and uh so got into actually an art website. We we framed, you know, framed, matted, all print on demand, uh all all made in America, all you know, great stuff. Um uh, and then kind of transitioned over time into some startup stuff, used sort of my computer programming background, did that for a few years. And then it was right around 2016 that I just kind of took a flyer in one of the businesses that we had been working on prior was sort of calculating uh, profitability for Amazon sellers and understanding, you know, those kind of metrics. And so we, we took a flyer at a, at a watch box actually, and it did really, really well the first year. And so kind of used that, momentum to keep going and the very next thing we did after watch boxes was was humidors and like i said we we failed i was i failed horribly uh in, in the humidor market and so glad that i did i mean i think what most people don't understand what's going on in the, in the humidor market is most of these humidors that you find on amazon are actually made by uh chinese sellers and so they don't even really smoke cigars they don't right. they have no understanding of what it takes to, to store a cigar uh, n- nothing. And so when you're buying this and you get these, this instruction card that looks like it was written by a third grader and doesn't have any, you know, like, oh, okay. Uh, it doesn't work. I mean, we've even found such dishonesty in that the gauges are, are like demonstrably false on purpose. Oh, what I mean is, wow. I did not you know, know it was on purpose, but I did know those gauges purpose. are horrible. So, so what you'll find and, and what we found is that if you'll be sitting there and we'll put a, a gauge that we've tested and we know, and it'll say like 35% inside the humidor and the front gauge will be reading 65%. Wow. And you know, you tell me whether that's on purpose or not. Right. Cause you and I know, I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, well, I, it's, it's not just one model. A lot of them. out there. Yeah. And I know for a fact that my first couple of humidors, the hygrometer on the front was way off. Yeah, because I mean, I would just put in whatever to get it going, and I could tell within a month or two that my cigars were just dry as a bone. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so that explains a lot of it. And you know, the thing about it is, I think the f- 
the second humidor, like I said, was 150 bucks. It was cool looking. It looked like a treasure chest on top because it was like beveled over around and it had glass. And it was 150 bucks, but I promise you, they probably spent about 20 bucks to make it. You know what I mean? It was just yeah. garbage. And yeah, you could tell. Yeah, you could tell it was not a fine quality. The wood was the the finish. And I mean, dude, when I first opened the box and saw the Octador, that piano finish that you guys have, that black piano. Oh, dude, that that is just like, I don't know who's painting your black humidor, but that is like a work of art. It's really hard to do. I mean, you have to get a completely sterile room and it's, it's one of the, we've had multiple people try to do it and very few can do it well. So, uh, you, you have to be, and it's imagine the cost on those boxes is extremely high. Uh, and so like if you, the painting is the last step. So if you screw that up, it's literally like a, like a complete waste. Oh thing. man. I didn't think about that. So it's yeah. high, high, uh, I mean, you have to really be, know what you're doing in order to do these. And so, um, yeah, and to, yeah. Get to, to get like the the right amount, because so, we put that there's a wood finish underneath it, right? <laughs> That's kind of faint, and so it, it takes a very precise number of passes of paint. So it's not just you know we paint it once. It's no, this needs many coats to get it to that exact color. You and you and Michael are not out in the backyard with spray cans of paint <laughs> with the masks you're right yeah. no i mean dude that was one of the first things that caught my attention when i was looking at the octador was just the beauty of the paint job on that humidor and i mean even bryant was like wow that is beautiful and i don't know that i've seen another humidor that comes in a color that was painted to that level of beauty you know what i mean you guys knocked it out of the park with that and then you open it up and it just keeps on going so i mean how did you guys get from the humidor that was a failure to where you are now i mean you're testing your i mean i'm assuming that your knowledge you just dove in and started researching yeah it's it's constant iteration so i mean Ian, maybe you could talk a little bit about some of the hydro tray fun that we had where we yeah. we probably have like, I don't know, version 18 of the, the hydro system that we have in there now where it's just, you know, you're just constantly small tweaks to just constantly improve, improve, improve and step it up. And mm -hmm. uh, it's a journey. It's a lot of work. Yeah, I, I would say like a, a big company ethos for us is to always be improving, to never get stagnant. Like. Even now, I still think there's a there's a lot that can be done on to improve, you know, our process of building the best humanoid ever made. Like, I think that's our goal. Right. And I think we're getting closer and closer to that. But, yeah, you know, to the hydro tray was a big uh, a big moment for us where we were we had, you know, special camera equipment cabinets where we're driving the humidity down in the cabinet, testing different you know, gel solution packets and, and different jars and different jar sizes. And basically at some point we came up with the idea of going, Hey, why don't we just do a edge to edge humidification system? So you have, cause humidity rises. So you have even distribution of humidity as it rises through the box. Um, 
And so we started testing that. We started testing that. And we, oh, time and time again in these cabinets, it was outperforming basically any other humidific- humidification system on the market that we could find. Um, and it would last months. I mean, that's, you know, we, especially depending on the time of year, you, you know, you might be able to go three, four months and in your location, of course, if you're really dry, it's you know, probably not realistic. But the, one of the other problems we're having is too much humidification. You mentioned Florida. And I think a lot, a big problem with Florida, these guys over humidify. And so you have to kind of take that into account. That's why when you get the military humidor, you actually get two different solution mixes. And this is something we've kind of perfected over the last year, where if you're in a drier climate, we have uh, a solution mix that has a much higher content of water. It's a propylene glycol mix. And then if you're in Florida, you don't want to use that necessarily because humidity will spike too high. You'll be sitting there at, you know, 75, 80%. You're going to over humidify your cigars. So we've kind of had that other solution. That's more for your summer months and yeah, keep, that's, keep humidity that's, down. That's unheard of that. You're basically doing the work for your consumer. So they don't have to figure it out. And I mean, hats off because the quality of the construction is so superior from what I've seen. And then not only is your humidors, the quality construction, the, that's better than any that I've seen. You're also providing basically a one, two, three step here. You do this and your cigars are going to be taken care of. And that is so important for new cigar smokers, especially, but even guys that have been smoking for as long as I have, I don't want to have to figure it out. Mm -hmm. I got better things to do like smoking cigars. I don't yeah, want to yeah. have to figure out how to make sure my cigars are going to be humidified. You guys are taking the work away from me and giving me just a quality product. I mean, I love that, guys. I mean, I think you are the one-stop shop for humidors. You don't have to figure it out. You can, because, dude, everywhere else that you go buy humidors, you buy a humidor, and now you figure out the humidification. You guys are doing yeah. it all in one, and I think that is where we need to be. Yeah. Yeah. One of our bigger problems is actually uh, guys who do smoke cigars a lot and they'll buy our humidor. They'll literally throw away the entire hydro system, throw away the instructions, and then just like throw a Boveda pack in there and go, well, it's not working. And you're like, man, I've spent like the last five years of my life, like honing the system to work this way. And you basically just threw it all away and just like come up with your own. I'm like, you, you got to, you know, you got to trust what we've, what we've worked on. And I think a big part of that though is, and I'll tell you, Michael, that like some humidors, the cheaper humidors that people buy, it may come with a humidification system because, you know, they add up extra price into selling that but what they're selling for humidification systems suck so guys are just used to scooping that up and throwing that in the trash and so we need to make sure that people are educated to know that you guys aren't just shipping out a bunch of junk in a box to add up the price you're actually doing a one-stop shop so they don't have to figure it out and I mean, so yeah. even the experienced guys, they need to take time to figure out that you guys have put in the work that we don't have to. Yeah. And and I'm sure depending on your climate, right? A Boveda might work just fine. You're in Florida. You could probably throw a, 
I mean, anything, you probably need anything. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter, right? So like, you know, so, so I, I get I get calls a lot from Florida from people that, you know, kind of yell at me like, well, where's the, you know, they, they want the the brick with the little foam piece in it. You know, where's that? I can't believe you didn't ship that to me. And I'm just like, okay, well, you can get one of those for 50 cents, right? Like that's not really the what we're trying to do here. And if you live in Florida, you probably don't need to do much most of the year. But if you live in Colorado, you're you're going to need the full system for sure. Now that that's another chapter I want to talk to you about. It, it made me remember I want to talk to you about something else, and we'll get back to that. But so I want to go back a little bit further. Like when you got into the watch cases and the humidors, and you dove in. Like what was wrong with the first humidor that you guys made? I mean, what was the <laughs> what was the failure of it? Well, what wasn't wrong with it is is more apt probably. Uh, <laughs> I mean. Well, first we were focused on on the low end of the market, so that was a big problem because when you start trying to, you know, sell something for thirty bucks, most people don't realize. But if you're selling a product for thirty dollars in the market, you you can only really pay like you know six dollars to to manufacture that item, and and because all the at a thirty dollar price point, the shipping and all the fees that come along with selling, you know, I, and you really only make you'll be lucky to make $5 on that. So if you, if right. You if it costs $6 and you sell it for 30, you're lucky to make five. Exactly. And I, I don't think most people realize that, but that's the truth. And so if you're buying a $30 humidor, what you're really buying is a, you know, five or $6 humidor at, at the cost perspective and everything else is shipping and taxes and fees and all the other stuff that goes along with it. And so, um, so that was the starting point is we were, we were focused on that low end market and trying to like get the cost really low and it's really hard to do that. And so we, we come up, you know, we had different things, but it, it's, it's really simple, right? It, it doesn't have enough cedar. It doesn't have, uh, the right, you know, you didn't really, we didn't really understand humidification like we understand it now. It didn't have, well, if it wasn't big I, got, enough. I got one question and this is one of the big things that I see on your current humidors that impresses me is if you had a $30 humidor, how much quality went into the hinges on the humidor? I mean, they had to be like 10 cents, right? Or five cents. Yeah. It, the, the reality is hinges aren't that expensive in general. I think. Um, but the hinges that you it, use now are impressive. Oh, oh, sure. You might go. I mean, you might go from 10 cents to $1.50, right? But hinges, the hard part about hinges is, for us anyways, is, is and what we did originally is we just went on the market, found some hinges in a catalog and used them. And that's a lot easier than what most of these guys do versus like right now what we've done is custom design everything. Ian is a brilliant at that. If you want to talk a little bit about kind of our current metal yeah. manufacturing. Metal well, he manufacturing. does have an architecture degree, so you know he's good at building stuff. <laughs> absolutely yeah so it's it's kind of like architecture in small form for sure um but you know metal manufabrication it's it's time it's timely it's it's costly it's uh but you know it really gives it that extra pop right it, it shows that one it, it's perfect for that particular model um so you know you know that the extra care and the extra detail went into it right that it's purposeful. Um, the, the one thing that we did notice too, when we were doing a lot of this testing is a lot of those embedded hinges where they're actually recessed into the wood walls, they aren't necessarily installed correctly. Um, and they can create a small gap in the lid seal. So during our testing, we were like, 
there, there's minor like millimeter gaps between the lid and the base because of this embedded hinge. And we said, well, you know, why don't, what, what if we just make all of our hinges exterior? It's just a, like, you know, well, let's, let's take that approach and see if we can get a better seal on this humidor. And that was the result. We, we basically scrapped any, any embedded or, you know, any recessed type of hinge. And we said, no, we're going to go full exterior. We're going to do some really nice plated metal custom hinges um, and, and kind of go the extra mile there. I think that's I mean, what you I see across the board is extra mile on everything that you guys do. And I mean, it's, it's when you open up the humidor, it's obvious. I mean, it's quality. That's what we love about it. Thank you. Yeah, it's I, details are everything in my world. So, you know, I I don't want to leave any you know stone unturned and you know, everything needs to be scrutinized. You know, I, I it's a pursuit of perfection for sure. It's a lot harder than people think. I mean, two years ago when we were we kind of just started getting into our own hinges and metal, it was it was honestly routine for us to throw away fifty percent of the hinges that we would receive from our manufacturers partners, and and literally just throw them away because the quality was not up to our standards. And it's really taken us uh, over the last cu couple of years here to get get to the quality of manufacturing that we want. Um, and, you know, COVID was, was a big hit to that because a lot of these metal guys went out of business. And so you, you're just left with a, a smaller and smaller number to choose from. And, but yeah, I mean, and that kind of goes for the whole thing, right? When you start out in this business of mass manufacturing, you end up, I mean, when we first got started 2017 ish, I mean, we would throw away 30% of what some of these guys would produce for us wow. because we would just, we, we inspect a hundred percent. Every single unit that goes out the door for us is, is inspected by our own team members, <laughs> our own people. And that's rare. I mean, you, I mean, Very even, rare. I mean, especially at the scale that we're operating now. And, and so it's just my, it's mind boggling to me to think about, right? Like, you know, you, you just, you see this, this wood box and you go, Oh, okay. You know, but you don't really understand that, you know, all the things that go into that and how difficult some of the things are to, to overcome. So. Oh, well, Michael, I can tell you this. When I first really got into cigars, I decided I was going to build my own. And I can tell you that it is not easy. You know, first of all, I'm not a, I'm not a big wood guy, so I don't know. That didn't sound very good, did it? I'm not a very big <laughs> guy. But anyway, no, I, you know, you. Th I think every guy thinks, oh, man, I'm going to build myself a nice humidor. And then when you start getting into it, you're like, oh, I ended up making a piece of crap. And so <laughs> then I took a huge wood gun cabinet and I turned that into a humidor. And it was like a great idea, but that's all it was. Cause it was like not airtight. It was, it leaked. I mean, the humidification I system I built in there was ridiculous. I had a, uh, automatic, I had a humidifier in the bottom of the gig gun cabinet that blew humidity up into the gun cabinet. But to keep that humidity circulating through the gun cabinet was a nightmare because everything in the very bottom would be over humidified and everything yep. in the top would dry out. And I was like, it yep. looked cool, but it was a big piece of crap is what it was. <laughs> yeah. That's a big problem with larger humidors. And that's one of the reasons why we haven't necessarily launched one yet, because it's, it's one of the things we're working on is how do you keep that humidity even? And we're working on some fans and some other things to try to make sure that that 
that happens. Yeah, it's not easy. And, you know, I have uh, one of the human, I have many humidors, but one of the humidors I have is a, uh, like a refrigerator type. And I like it because of the amount of cigars it holds, but I don't like it because I see that some of my cigars are more humid, uh, have more humidity than others. So, you know, that's a problem. And, you know, I've tried out different humidity or humidifier systems. I've had the Oasis system. I've had the Bovetta system. And so I'm with that particular humidor. I'm just in the same boat as a new cigar smoker trying to figure it out. And I've had it for over a year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is that the one I see on your, uh, your wall over there? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're testing a bunch of those right now. And I, we mentioned kind of before the call that there's been some changes with the Department of Energy where the, a lot of those those cheaper end, uh, you know, and we call them Frigidors. Yeah, uh, we, we, own, we, yeah we own the trademark for the Frigidors. So we're kind of trying to go down that road as well. Um, but it's really difficult because the changes just, just happened literally to 2021. So what are um, what are the what are the things that make those out of uh, uh, whatever you call compliance. it out of compliance? Yeah. Are they using? Too uh, much well, we're still figuring it out. Or yeah, what? it's it has to do with the volume of the refrigerator and the electricity that it uses. And if it were a larger unit, like if it was a larger space inside there, it would be compliant. But because of the size, and and I we're kind of afraid uh, internally here that the Department of Energy went a little overkill and might have eliminated basically an entire market of product uh, or at least made it i don't know if you were kind of following the the hot water heater thing that happened a few years ago but hot water heater pricing went from like four hundred dollars to like eight hundred yeah i'm well aware i had to replace one last year and i was like what the hell (laughs) yeah so we're kind of afraid that the same thing's happening in the low-end refrigerator like wine fridge and humidor market where they've set these standards that are really hard to meet and you have to Thermoelectric right now is not even really possible uh, just yet to be compliant. And so it has to be sort of a, have a compressor and that makes it louder and, you know, more cost. I mean, the cost on it Much might double. Yeah, it might double. So, so wow. you know, what you could get over there, I don't know what you pay for that, but say it's three or 400 bucks, you might be paying six or seven hundred. Well, that one I said was five fifty. So, yeah. That would be a thousand dollars. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's really uh, unfortunate because it was kind of at the we we had already spent an, a year of R and D uh, before we figured this out, and and to come up with some really awesome stuff that we wanted to release, and then this kind of smacked us in the face and said, well, kind of back to the drawing board a little bit in terms of trying to find the right manufacturing partners and the right. Well, let me right tell you, mix. and then let me tell you, as a cigar smoker, here's what I want. Here's what here's my ultimate want, okay? You build me one of those to where there is a hole in the top where I can pour my distilled water into and there's a little level that tells me if it's high, low or needs more water and then I don't have to do anything else. You take care of the rest. I don't want to do anything. Nice. Yeah, certainly possible and I'm taking notes. Take yeah, notes. I, that's that's the home run right there. That's what would you call that? That's the holy grail where I just pour in a water and then y'all do the rest. Yeah, I want to be. I basically want to be like the Keurig of humidors. You know, just yeah. Drop it in, boom. I got my coffee. Same with cigars, right? I think the other thing we're focused on in that particular space is just making it 
a more beautiful you know box i mean making it look like a piece of furniture instead of a, a little refrigerator yeah i agree 100 yeah. that's one of the things i love about the octador is it's just a beautiful piece yeah because yeah. guys want to show off what they have right they want to show off their accessories and how they're housing their cigars all of that and i i you know my interpretation of a, a fridge humidor is like oh it looks like a repurposed wine fridge well, I mean, right. that's what it is, that's right? What it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, in my opinion, as you know, a, a designer, I'm like, this is kind of half-assed. This is not intentional, right? No, it was just we have these. Let's just make it another purpose so we can sell them to these guys too. Yeah, and the people that have done that, Rob, are are not cigar smokers, unfortunately. Like the people that have taken that and repurposed it for this purpose. You could tell they they don't understand. Just like you said, they they're not really looking at well. I need humidity on the top and on the bottom. They got to even this thing out, and uh, and they don't really even address a humidification system. Right, and I mean that's that's the issue that I've had with mine from day one, and so I've tried several different ways, and you know it got to the point where okay, I'm done messing with this. This is as good as i'm gonna get it you know what i mean and so i'm not a guy that wants to mess with that i want to i'm the guy that wants to open my humidor pull out a cigar smoke it and not have to worry about any of that stuff yeah yeah and that's our goal that's our goal to achieve that i would definitely say well i think yeah. i think yeah. what you've done with your humidors you have achieved that and so going forward i mean what you've done on the research end and development you guys have already hit it out of the park and now you can just make badass humidors yeah <laughs> we're not stopping there i think you might be surprised at some of the stuff we're working on i don't want to get give away the farm a little too much, but I mean, let's just say there might be an app coming at some point uh, to, to measure humidity in your humidor and really not even look any different than what you have right now. Right. I mean, same, imagine the Octador as it sits or the military as it sits and it just works with an app and it tells you when it's low, tells you what to do. And see, I love that. I, I really look forward to that just from your hint there. I think I can kind of see the writing on the wall and to right now, what I don't like about that whole scenario is I've got to piece all these different pieces together and put them in to, for myself. If you guys can sell me a humidor that has everything I want in one, that's uh, the one-stop shop is what we want. Yeah. Or at least that's what I want. And I, I know a lot of cigar smokers, they don't want to mess with it. They just want it to work. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you don't, you don't, and I, I don't buy a car and then I have to figure out how to make it work. You know what I mean? I just want to get in, yeah. go, put gas in it, and go, you know? I drive fast. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> that we don't need all the, you know, I don't want to know. I don't want to buy a car, and then I have to put the transmission fluid in. It comes that way. I'm ready to go. So that's what you guys are doing, and that's that makes it so much easier for us. Yeah. Yeah, we, we – uh We've been trying. I mean, I, it's, it's a really fun, it's a fun thing to do. I, I can't like, I sometimes just have to smack myself because I wake up every day. We, we have this shirt that says like, love what you do. And it's kind of cheesy, but uh, it's, it's really amazing. I guess similar to you, right? I mean, we, we literally get to wake up every day and play around with cigars and humidity. And like, and like it's, it's, it's a blast. It's a, it's a total blast for us. And as we get, get to do this for a living, it's like a dream come true. I, 
Well, I, I love the fact that it's a love and it's a passion. So you're diving in headfirst every single day to make the best humidor because I mean, I think that, like you said, a lot of these humidors come out of China. They don't smoke cigars over there and they're making the cheapest box possible. And when you put your cigars in it, you find out that it's the cheapest box possible because it's not doing anything other than it's a storage box. It's not a humidification box. And I mean, that's the difference between a real humidor and just a box. Yeah. Well, and like we were talking about earlier, worse, even some of them lie. They literally, well, they know that the, there's a problem with it, right? Because they've seen on the market that people complain about not being able to obtain a certain humidity. So what they'll do is they'll fix their hygrometer so that pretty much no matter what the humidity is, it'll read 65, you know, and you're like, Oh, this is oh, great. This thing's it's working great. great. And you know, <laughs> yeah. I, in fact, I didn't even put those numbers together when you were saying that earlier, if it was 35, it was showing 65 or 70 because they want you to think that your humidor is working correctly. Yeah, there's basically a coil on the back of a lot of analog hygrometers, and all you have to do is turn it, and that's what yeah. they do, you know. Oh, the, and even our manufacturers that we use, they tried to tell in the beginning, right? They're like, oh, well, we can fix that. We'll just turn it. And I'm like, no, we're not doing that, <laughs> right? Like, that's not at all what we're trying to do here. We're trying to actually solve the problem, not rip people off. Yeah, it's so. supposed to be a hygrometer, not just a display <laughs> showing yeah. false information. Yeah. We're like, there's an astronomical lie in the whole cigar industry about this. Yeah. Like, wow. yeah. this is crazy. It's scary. It's, it's really scary. And, and, you know, for us, we don't, you know, we, we get our sensor out of Europe. Uh, and it's, in our opinion, the best sensor in the world for, for humidity. And so sometimes you'll even get these guys that will, you know, put their hygrometer up against ours. Well, you know, my other hygrometer that I bought for $5 on Amazon says that, you know, your hygrometer is wrong. And I say, well, that's fine. But our hygrometer is out of Europe. We, we, you know, calibrated on a hundred thousand dollar machine that calibrates. So it's possible that it's wrong, but it also might be possible that, <laughs> that, that your, yours is wrong. That right. Your and $5 so, measuring device is wrong. It's true. And and so like, I mean, you know, who knows, right? I mean, things, things happen, but uh, one of the cool things that we're excited about with the app is the ability to, because hygrometers in general, I mean, you know, even our price point, unless you spend thousands of dollars, there's going to be a 3% variability way, there, right? So right. yeah, exactly. So people get hung up on this, you know, 66, 69, whatever, but it's kind of hard, especially when you're talking about a big box. And that's the thing about the Octador. I mean, the bottom of the Octador is going to be closer to 70 and the top's going to be probably closer to 65. The middle gauge might read 65, 67, you know, kind of in that range. And so people are trying to get that middle gauge to read 72. And actually that might be, you know, 75 on the bottom and, you know, you know, 68 on the top or something. And so we try to educate people on that. And, but, but the interesting thing about what an app will do is if you want to adjust that, say you do put another hygrometer in there, even one of ours and inside it's, you know, you, you want it to read closer to the bottom, you know, level, you could actually just punch that in on the app and say, well, you know, it says 67, but I want it to read, you know, 70 at this level and it'll boom right there, update, do that. So kind of give you a little bit more flexibility in, what you're measuring and what you want to see on the gauge and those types of things. Now, let me ask you this something. This is what I don't know. How long has case elegance been in operations? How long have you guys yeah, been so in business? We started in 2016 or January of 2016, actually. So uh, about, I guess, five years now. 
And it's been a, it's crazy. I feel like, yeah, I feel like, you know, one of those things where you just kind of working to keep up with the growth and, and, uh, you know, 80 hours a week, but you know, you, you love it. Yeah. And, and, and to be completely transparent, you know, I mean, you, you don't, the first few years, you don't make any money. I mean, you really just labor of love. You're trying to finish. It's like any new business, right? You're trying to figure it out. You're spending a bunch of money on stupid stuff and Trust failing me, a lot. <laughs> Trust me. Cigar Talk knows all about that. So, we, yeah, we get that part. <laughs> you know what? So, if you, you, know, if, if I mean, you don't love it, you won't stick with it. That's that's the absolutely. bottom line. Because if you're thinking that I'm going to go into this business, a lot of guys do podcasts. And if, if a podcaster thinks they're going to jump in the podcasting scene and start making money, Man, do you have a big surprise. But if you love sure. it, you're not doing it, you know, yeah, we want to make money, but in the in the in the immediate I want to have fun and build the community and be part of the community. And that's what we've done. And so I completely get it. It's a new business. And I mean, how much stuff have you learned? Because when you jumped in, you had no idea where you were going. You know what I mean? Sure. So there's a huge yeah. learning curve there. And I know if, if you go back and listen to the very first episode of Cigar Talk, you're like, wow, that show is garbage because <laughs> the sound quality was so bad. And But you stick with it because you love the community and you love being part of it. And so, yeah, I, I totally get that aspect of it. And that's why I want to talk to you about that. How long did it take you to where you've had a good product? You know what I mean? From 2016, when did you come out with the humidor that you said, you know what, that has Case Elegance name stamped all over it and we're proud of it? Yeah. When do you think, Ian? I think it was, what, 2018? Yeah. Yeah, and we, yeah. we like we said, we were doing some watch boxes and a few other products, and I simpler, think- right? A watch box, you don't have to worry about humidity. So we were proud of that from day one. But yeah, yeah, the humidor definitely took a couple of years, I think, before we got some of the learning. Even then, I'm way more proud of the humidors that we're that we're releasing now than than even two years ago because of all the improvements. I mean, there's more cedar, for instance, in the humidor that you buy from us today than you bought from us two years ago. There's we we have a silicone seal. We've completely redesigned the hygrometer from you know from the inside very out. beginning. Yeah. Inside out the whole thing is completely different than two years ago. The hydro tray is completely different from two years ago. We've got two different mixes of solution now. We didn't have that two years ago. So we've made giant leaps in the last two years that I'm way more proud of a box that you buy from us today. Um, but I, I would say that our humidor two years ago was definitely one of the best on the market at the time and uh, even con leaps and bounds above that now to the extent that we're getting not, you know, you know, you're doing well when you're getting eight to 10 knockoffs coming and you got to, you know, beat them down with you know, <laughs> right. patents and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So let me ask you this. So like right now your main presence is online that's where your main presence are what's the plan on moving into brick and mortar cigar shops yeah i i think that's something we, we've talked about now for a couple of years and we finally i believe got enough of a model diversification um where we just launched three new models they're you know the military is one of them that we're talking about two others uh you can find that i think are of a price point of a Uniqueness. you know breed yeah that that we really think are, are going to be do well in the retail space so we hope to go last year we were going to go to some conferences and try to talk to some some uh you know cigar stores and stuff of course with COVID, none of that happened so 
it's possible that we could kind of get in, break into that space this year. Um, Part of it is really just keeping up with demand though. I mean, I I know for two years, it feels like we've been struggling to keep up, to make enough boxes to, to even sell. And it's a good problem to have, but that also means you don't really have extra units to, you know, to sit around at a retail store. And so we're kind of just now getting to that point where we've got enough manufacturing capacity that we can use some, you know, some extra. Well, and I'll say this, I think it's one of those things where you don't want to jump into a hundred retail shops all at one time. I think that you have to like stair step your growth into that market because Mm -hmm. I see a relatable problem with cigar manufacturers. When I see a cigar manufacturer that makes really good cigars and then they start exploding and they can no longer keep up with that quality control. So you don't want to get yourself to gr- in a growth pattern that's so steep that you can't maintain that quality of control. Yeah. For, for us, that's just, that's sort of one of those non-negotiable things, right? Quality. I mean, we, like I said, we inspect a hundred percent of everything we sell and we just won't compromise there to the tune of if, if one of our partners gives us a bat, like we'll, we'll, we'll turn down 50% of the units or 30% of the units. And I mean, they don't like that, but they know once you do it once, right, they, they won't do it again. And so I, I think that's kind of the thing, the mentality you have to have for us, like that's where it starts. Um, and then from there, if we have, you know, if we have enough to sell at retail, great. But if, if we're sold out because we can't produce enough at the quality we want, then that's just the way it's going to yep. be. I would also say too, I think over the last few years, we've been trying to perfect, you know, the, the customer life cycle as far as customer service as well. Um, yeah. you know, we, we want to, we want to follow up immediately after you make a purchase. We want to know how your seasoning is going. We want to make sure that you're the happiest customer, uh, of, you know, of the humidor. And we hats off to our customer service team because they crush it. Um, and I, you know, that's something that we're really passionate about as well. As far as quality is quality of customer service. Yeah, and I'll say this, uh, you know, when I received my humidor, you guys have a great customer service center because they send me emails and say, hey, how's everything going? You got your humidor. Uh, We're going into the process of making sure it's humidified correctly. I mean, like step by step, your customer service is right there with you. Yeah, we want to be at your fingertips so you can text us, you know, basically any time. we want to we want to help you along if you have pain points we hope you don't have any but we're there right well and, and we we really believe like we don't have like our team our customer service team has been with us since 2000 and you know 16 17 and, and they've trained along with us and so they've gone through that journey so they know you know not quite as much as we do but but a lot they know a lot and we're on calls with them all the time walking them through stuff and and so like they're one of the most knowledgeable people uh probably in the industry on humidification and keeping your cigars up. And so we'll get emails from people that of course, like, you know, yell at us and tell us, you know, and so like, I'll have to jump on there and call people and say, okay, like, let's, let's walk through this. Let's work through it. And what did you do and what's going on? But so yeah, it's uh, actually, you've actually uh, worked with some of the consumers on their humidors. Oh, all the time. I still, even now all the time. Yeah. I mean, in fact, uh, what was it last Last summer, I think, uh, I mean, it wasn't real until recently that we've transitioned the phone used to be phone support went directly to my cell phone. 
Um, wow. and I would talk to people. Yeah. And, and until that became to a point where it was overwhelming for me, I mean, you can only answer so many calls a day where you're like, this is all I'm doing. Uh, so then I had to transition it, but I, I'm so happy that I did that because I learned so much from talking to customers. I mean, something as simple as, telling consumers to take, we have a little plastic tab that protects the battery in the back of a hygrometer. And you think that's a nat, like, okay, that's a pretty basic thing that people would understand to do. And you wouldn't have to tell them in the instructions to take out the plastic tab. But I mean, when you start getting four or five calls a day of people like, well, I, my hygrometer's not working. And you say, well, did you take out the plastic tab? And they're like, what plastic tab? Right. And then you're going, oh, you know, <laughs> should have put that in the instructions. So uh, it's just basic stuff like that that you learn when you talk to the customers yourselves and start to get like, you know, data around like, well, how can I just make this experience just 1% better? It's 1% better. It's 1% better. Well, and I also wanted, I want to change gears here for a second, Michael and Ian, uh, coming up very shortly, we have a special promotion with you guys in the fact that if you buy a humidor, Case Elegance is also going to send you a challenge coin with Cigar Talk on one side and Case Elegance on the other. Just to show our appreciation for you guys that are buying their humidors. And you know, and I'll say this, if you've bought one in the last few weeks, you know, we'll still send you one. But I'm excited about that because, and we wouldn't just normally do that with any sponsor we, we we really love what you guys are doing, so we wanted to do something special for the people who buy the humidors from you guys. Yeah, I, hopefully that, that coin comes in pretty quick. I think we ordered it a few weeks ago, so it should be... Uh, yeah, it should here. be probably within the next two weeks is what I'm thinking. And the good thing is this show is going to air in a couple of weeks, so that'll be perfect. Perfect, right. yeah. We're, we're super excited. <laughs> it's really cool. I, I'm excited about it, too. I, you know, It's got a little coin uh, on it. It says, like a... Like, what did you call it? You called it a, a challenge uh, coin challenge coin. Yeah. That's really, really cool. I, I, that's a great idea. When you, when you mentioned that I was excited. I'm going to use that. it for poker. Hey, Absolutely. are you, are you a Texas yeah. Hold'em player? Yeah. Yeah. See, Michael, yeah. Michael's really good. I'm, I'm novice. Well, when, <laughs> you, when you guys come down to Texas, we'll set a game up, man. We'd love to play Absolutely. Texas Hold'em down here. Absolutely. What part of Texas are you guys in? Uh, I'm in Abilene, Texas, and uh, we love poker so much. I'll tell you this. Me and some guys have just recently uh, rented out an Airbnb. And so for four nights, we're going to be at an Airbnb playing poker, smoking cigars, and drinking bourbon. Nice. Yeah, um, I'm there. That's, that's a, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm a, we have a monthly game uh, with, with a bunch of guys here, and it's it's like one of those things where you just look forward to it every every month. And it really doesn't matter win or lose, right? It's just more about the camaraderie and the oh, fun. And- absolutely. Now, I will tell you that I usually win, so that makes it even better. <laughs> I always win, of course, but <laughs> that doesn't matter. Right? Hey, I'll, I'll tell you this. I was invited. There's some guys that play down at the Leaf, which is our local shop, and they're pretty new Texas Hold'em players but they're all like doctors and lawyers. And so one night they were missing a guy didn't show up. So the leaf guy calls me and he's like, Hey man, they got a spot. Do you want to come down and play? And I was like, I'll be right there. And so I haul ass down there 
And at the end of the night, this is no joke, I had taken every dime from every player, and it was a blast. And so, but the bad thing is, the next month when they had their game, I was actually at the lounge, and they did not invite me to sit down with them. (laughs) You got to learn. It's a long game, man. You got to give them a little bit just so you can keep back. Yeah, yeah. You know, my competitiveness uh keeps me from playing the long game with those guys <laughs> it's it's way more fun I've, I've actually gone to like a low stakes table and they got in indiana they have a casino within like 40 minutes of any person living in indiana that's one of the tropes here and and uh i sometimes would just go and like sit down at like a you know very low stakes one two you know where it's just nobody really knows how to play and i'll just i'll just act like i don't know how to play for the first hour and then the second hour, you know, just collect all the money, you know, because everybody thinks I'm stupid. And, yeah, you know, yeah. That's that's what I love to do is go to the casinos and play the one, two and just take all the cash. But, you know, the funny <laughs> yeah. thing is one time I went to and I was playing at a one, two uh, table and a guy came over and sat down and I immediately knew this guy was really good. And I was like. Man, this this guy's way better than me. I mean, you know when someone's really good. And yeah. within probably an hour, he had taken all my money. And I was just wow. and I asked one of the people sitting next to me, I was like, Who is this guy? And she was like, Oh, he <laughs> usually pays at the uh ten twenty no limit. And I was like, Well, what the hell's he doing over here at this table? <laughs> yeah, he just wanted to come and have some fun. I play with Jason Alexander. I don't know if you know who that is. He's like from Seinfeld. Yeah. Uh yeah. I played with him at Planet Hollywood one time. I was in Vegas or something. And I don't he was like giving a show at the Planet Hollywood, and I think it was in his contract that he had to come play poker every once in a while. So he just sat down for an hour, and I watched this guy. He played maybe two to three hands in that hour, but every single hand that he played, he had the nuts and won. Oh, and wow. I'm, you know, he took his like three hundred dollars, turned it into like nine hundred in an hour, and then it's left. And I was like, <laughs> that's kind of a dick thing to do, man. Like, right, right, <laughs> especially because you're there as a a guy that's supposed to be like, you know. The entertainment guy and you're right yeah. i was like well i mean good for him though i mean it's probably him it's like his way of just well he probably he probably plays you know what i mean yeah yeah it was he was good it was really wild to watch yeah now is the poker tables open during the whole covid thing you know everything's pretty much open here in indiana we uh we've kind of opened back up uh, for for a while, actually, I, don't, I feel like for since last summer we've kind of been open and everything's you know. Well, you know, in Texas, mask. in Texas, everything is open a hundred percent. In fact, in Texas, we're like COVID. We we what's COVID? We don't know what COVID is. <laughs> I forgot about. Yeah, that. but yeah. we're also yeah. Florida's but, Florida's the same way. But we're also getting ready to pass a bill where you don't have to have a license to uh conceal carry anymore it's like we're doing yeah. away with that texas if you want to come to texas man there's no rules here we just do whatever the hell we want <laughs> yeah indiana is, is not far behind i think we actually just passed that same uh gun thing where you can you can carry without a license as well so indiana is like it's a it's a kind of a hidden gem i don't think people uh, really talk about indiana a lot but for us it's it's a, so how it's are the how are the taxes scene. in indiana are they pretty low Taxes are low. State taxes is only 3%. Um, but the cost of living is the other thing. You guys in Texas yeah. have, you know, your housing costs is a lot higher. Things, you know, it's, it's a lot, lot higher cost of living than here in Indiana. It's starting to creep up. I mean, in the last, 
year, I feel like housing prices have risen 25 to 30 percent. That's no joke. Like literally that much. Same, same in Texas, man. It's been crazy. It's nuts. I mean, I keep getting yeah, these nuts. Uh, housing companies that are sending me emails like, hey, we'll pay this much for your house right now. And we're like, we're not trying to move. <laughs> so right. it's crazy, right. man. Yeah, it's scary. So we'll see what happens in another two years with the housing market. It's the whole thing is a little bit scary. I mean, even with pricing, uh, I mean, we're seeing this across our entire like supply chain where in like Europe, for instance, it used to cost us, you know, $5,000 to ship a container of goods into Europe. Um, we were seeing prices a month ago that were like $30,000 for that same container of goods no into Europe. But, so when you start hearing those kind of things and seeing them in the market, it makes you scared because you're like, well, how are they getting food? If it costs, you know, you want to send a canned goods or whatever to Europe and it's costing you $30,000, you've got to realize the price of the food's going to double when you do that. Absolutely. So it's, it's a scary, scary time uh, to be alive because of a lot of these, I mean, hopefully some of this is temporary supply chain disruptions, but it's yeah. not going away. I mean, we're seeing our shipping costs is definitely up 30, 40% year over year. We're not seeing it go down. So what that's going to translate to is all these guys are going to be raising their prices all across the world. Uh, you just choice. And maybe, maybe, products. maybe we yeah. get to, I was this. talking to so, Homo the other day and he was saying, say again, Ian. Oh, I was saying, I was talking to a home builder and he said, uh, you know, a normal house that he just built was would have been two hundred thousand last year, and he said it was three hundred and thirty this year. Yeah, the price of lumber. of lumber has gone crazy in the market. Crazy, and yeah, it's it's funny though because I watched a whole documentary on the prices of lumber because I'm a nerdy guy and I like to watch stuff like that. And anyway, they were basically saying that the prices of lumber with inflation the price of lumber has finally caught up to where it should be from 20 years ago, where lumber wow. was just ultra cheap for the last 20 years. And so it's the whole demand and building versus how many sawmills are available. And there's really not that many sawmills that produce a lot of lumber that is used for houses. So it's like the guys who are out there cutting trees aren't making any more money than they were five years ago. It's only the sawmills that are up in the prices because there's only so many sawmills out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a scary thing. I mean, you start seeing this across your, I mean, every little piece, like we're paying now more the chips that I'm sure you've heard about this, you know, they're, I mean, you got yeah. Tesla and other, other yeah. manufacturers shutting down. Well, it's affecting us too, right? Because we have a chip inside of our hygrometer. And so our chip guy contacted us and said, Hey, uh, we can only get, you know, 10,000 chips. And I said, well, we need a hundred thousand chips. And he goes, well, you know, and I said, he's like, the price is triple. And I said, buy them, buy all the chips because we don't like it. Literally, we have no choice. If we don't have chips, we can't make humidors. So buy all the chips. And and so I think that's happening across a large swath of everything that people buy. And so pe you're just going to see prices go up. And, and so what I, not, I really love the scary fact thing. that, you know, regardless of what political stance you have, I do love the fact that one of the things the Biden administration is pushing is American made chips. You know, absolutely. And yeah, let's not be dependent on some of these other countries for electronic chips that drive yeah. everything in our economy. And so even ours, ours is made actually, like I said, in Europe. And uh, and it's like 
even there, they're having massive, and, and you know, Europe is one of those things where they can go on strike. I mean, they could routinely go on strike for no reason or whatever reason. And, and it's like, that's, that's just has a major impact on everything. And so I'd love to be able to buy anything I can buy here in America. I would love to be able to do it. And, and it's just really, really difficult. Well, if they keep raising the shipping rates, like they have been lately, I think we'll start seeing more manufacturing here in the States because that was one caveat is you could get things made overseas cheaper, but if the shipping prices exponentially go up, then you're going to have, Hey, we might as well make it here. Yeah. If you can find the workers, I mean, that's the other big problem that we're experiencing. We do have a, a, a facility here and, you know, we really need to be running two shifts in that facility and they're, they're basically can't find enough workers to, to get that second shift. And this is in uh, Utah. Yeah. I've and heard they, that. I've heard that it's yeah. hard to find workers and I, I don't, it, yeah. that just doesn't even compute for me as a 52 year old. I'm like, <laughs> people want to work, right. But you know, not everybody yeah. does. Yeah. Well, I think right now you have this temporary stimulus with the unemployment and it's causing some people. I mean, it, it makes some sense, right? Because you're like, well, normally I pay a factory guy 15 bucks an hour, 17 bucks an hour, whatever the case may be. But if they can make, you know, basically $2,500 a month not working at all uh, versus maybe they make 3000 or something working, like it just they're just going to sit at home. And so I think that's kind of intentional because they're trying to stop the spread of COVID or something. I don't know. But it's created a huge problem because you have demand way up and then you have the workforce way down. And so the supply crunch is, is real, which is another reason kind of prices are going up. So hopefully when that's over and people are forced to go back to work. That and, and that's been a big thing here in Texas because, and like, like you said, Indiana, same too, is we're 100% open now. Well, back whenever we were 50% closed, we only needed 50% of the workforce. But now that a hundred per thing is open, it's like businesses that are now allowed to be open, they don't have the workers because they're still paying those, you know, payments on unemployment. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough, it's a tough situation all around. And I think every, all, all the manufacturers like us are just trying to adjust in the best way that we can. And, and, you know, you have this growth where, everybody decided to start buying things online in the last, you know, 12 to 18 months instead of buying it at the store. And so that's shifted all the supply chain. And, and then on top of it, you know, people stopped working for months at a time, factory shut down for months at a time. And so you just have compounding effects. And so everybody's just really trying to keep up. So you mentioned kind of going to retail. That's one of the, the hard problems is just like, you know, can you make enough to supply the retail channel? Uh, right. Can you have that much inventory sitting and especially, I mean, how do you combat that? I mean, it's like, I think that if your humidors are in shops, they sell because people get to see them in person versus how many people are still just going to buy online. You know what I mean? That's yeah. a, that's a tough. I'd call. Loved, I would love to talk to your, some of your audience and, and your community about, about that because our experience to date has been, that the purchases at cigar stores and those type of things for humidors is pretty low. And I, we can't really figure out why that is. I mean, I don't think they really push it. I think their price points are really high. Like I go into my cigar stores here and it's like, you know, they want to charge four or $500 for a pretty basic humidor. And so like we're, you know, it's like if we send our, our goods to these cigar shops, are they even really going to sell them properly versus what we're able to accomplish online with videos and walk and tutorials and the whole deal 
And well, so I would love to, like, to navigate those waters. I'm going to give you this open invitation right now. You know, I do a video herf every weekend with the listeners of Cigar Talk. And sometimes there's, you know, six guys on there. Sometimes there's 25 guys on there. And we all smoke cigars and drink bourbon. But we'd love to invite you on to one of those. And you can ask these guys questions because, I mean, talk about where I get my information from is these guys who are hardcore cigar smokers and they'll tell you straight up, you know, they're not uh, afraid to hold back and give you the information that you would love to get because talk about yeah, a focus group, man, these guys, yeah, they keep me on track. You know, yeah, we, we, love it. we've done certain things throughout the years to change up cigar talk and I can go to these guys and say, Hey, what do you think about this? And they're like, no, we don't like that. So we don't do that anymore. You know what I mean? Or we quit doing this. Let's bring this back. Uh, I don't know if you're aware, but I think for like six months we quit doing interviews and we just talk to people, uh, or we just talk to each other about the uh, cigars we're smoking and bourbon and stuff. And we had a meeting with our guys and they were like, man, we would like for you to bring back the interviews. We love the interviews, even if you only do one a month. And really, since they told me that we've been doing one every week. So nice. We listen to what they say because, you know, if you're not listening to your consumers, your f- people that are always engaged then you're missing the mark so we would love to have you on and we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later after the show for sure yeah we that's that's the same thing as us talking to you know talking to consumers and you know and that's why a lot of times i'll just pick up the phone and call these guys so yeah absolutely direct feedback and brutal feedback i mean honesty is gonna like honest feedback drives innovation right um so we're, we're all for that and we promote that and we want the honest feedback of how to improve. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I get these emails all the time from like new listeners and they're like, Hey, I just found your show. I, I love your show. We love what you do, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, that's nice. We love that. We love to hear that. But what we really want to hear is where we can improve because that's the sure. feedback that's so valuable to us. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's hard That's to get negative feedback. I, one of the struggles that we have too, is that a lot of times people will, you know, talk, complain about something and it's like, we know about it, but in order to get that fix into the supply chain, right. And then get it released, it might take nine months or longer to like fix an issue that we, that we know about or to improve on something. And so it's like, you kind of have to work work through that. And so we've kind of done some really cool things with, you know, even upgrading the, the hydro tray, we'll have uh, a new version come out and, you know, if people have problems, we just send them the new version. It's really easy to kind of pop that in there. Same with the hygrometer, right? We'll release new models of the hygrometer and be able to send those to people. So it's kind of been an, a pretty upgradable experience. That's uh, done a good job. I think. Well, I'd love the way you guys are so intent on making a quality product. I think that there's just so many humidors out there that are just a box. And, you know, I hate to beat it to death, but, you know, the companies that are making cigar boxes just to sell it as a box. And you guys are actual cigar smokers that care about the level of humidity and the quality that you provide. Because at the end of the day, I want to smoke a good cigar. And yep. if I don't have something that's keeping my cigars at a quality level of humidification, I'm not getting what was intended from that roller who made that cigar. 
Yep. And keeping the integrity of the taste profile of the cigar. Yeah, and that's and that's something that you know you don't even think about is maintaining the proper taste so that you get to experience what that blender back in Nicaragua intended. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yep. Ian, can you? I would like to take a little bit of time here, if you don't mind, and kind of walk walk through the the military unit that we just launched, since it is kind of our capstone model. Just take a little bit of time, if you don't mind, Rob. No, no, not at all. Yeah, so I'm on my laptop, so I'm gonna give this my best shot. All right. Um, yeah, I'm gonna actually take a bathroom break real quick. You guys so, can do this. Yeah, so this is the military humidor. It's kind of it's a beast, you know. Um, this humidor has, like I said, that chai finish. So it's just like basically this matte green uh, finish, and it has all this custom hardware of this shiny polished gunmetal. Um, so this is, like I said, all custom milled, manufactured, one of a kind metal. Um, something cool that we did add on here is the accessory drawer. Let's see. Angle this a little and I love the accessory drawer, Ian. I mean, to be able to keep your cutter and your lighter right there where you need it. And you have no idea yep. how many cutters I've lost. <laughs> I do actually. So that's why I did it. So <laughs> I was like, I can't keep losing this stuff. I mean, you spend a hundred dollars uh, on a so cutter cool. and then you lose it. So I, I love the fact yeah. that there's a place for it. Yeah. Intentional. Right. So what's cool about this one though, which I've never, ever seen on any humidor um, and to go along with the military theme, I included basically some gun foam. In it. So I'm actually going to take out the whole drawer. Sure. show you. Um, so what's cool about this is it includes basically this like gun foam, right? So you'll see this a lot in, you know, military travel, like Pelican cases. Um, and so this has been like custom cut for one of our accessory kits called the gunmetal edition, uh, accessory kit. So here you can, you know, remove, you know, your travel case and your lighter and your cutter and it sits all in there. Um, and it has this really cool diamond pattern on it. I actually got this idea from a champagne gift that I sent Michael for Christmas. Oh, nice. So he added this really cool, um, you know, foam in here. And if you don't want the foam, right, if you don't want this accessory kit, you got all your own stuff, it actually comes out. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you can remove the whole thing and, uh, you know, because I knew, I know, you know, cigar smokers have the, you know, their own preferences of what they have so yeah, some guys have, have their the, favorite cutter their favorite lighter exactly um something you could do i don't necessarily encourage it but you know a lot of the pelican cases you can cut your own so if you need to change the shape of these a little bit you can take an exacto and try to cut it um but it, it is intended for kind of you know the accessories that we have um so, yeah, so that's that's one of the really cool features, I would say, of the humidor. Uh, that's totally unique. You, you will not find it on any other. Um, so let me put this in real quick. So we talked about hinges, too. So there's some pretty badass hinges on this. Um, real big, beefy hinges to hold the lid. Yeah, I love uh, yeah. the fact that you went with the piano hinges. I, I think they're classy, but I also know they're sturdy. Very sturdy. Yeah, yeah. real sturdy and... You know, I, the designer side of me has to say this, but I, I went with, you know, the polished metal to, you know, contrast the matte finish. Um, 
and we do have you know the stencil work and it's subtle i didn't want it to be too loud but it's on the sides and it adds that nice little flare to the box that you won't see on any other um, it also has some carrying handles again totally custom made you're gonna need them for this <laughs> yeah for you guys that haven't i've actually held that in my hand that thing is a tank it is heavy yeah. it's got nice handles but dude i love the buckles on both sides too yeah yeah so that was you know obviously a uh inspired by foot lockers so i you know I, I wanted to go with that theme it also does add some function it, it kind of clamps the lid just a little bit more oh it's air yeah, it's a tight lid already. It's heavy, and we're really careful on the lid construction to make sure that it's tight. All of them are tested. Um, but this adds just that extra little oomph to it, right? And it, it it's kind of a cool opening experience um, as you open it. Like a ritual. So, yeah, it's the ritual. It's like, you know, I'm getting into my, my baby humidor. So the other cool thing we did here, too, is, again, I'm going to try my best to <laughs> But some of the feedback that we had from the Octador was, you know, I don't necessarily want to remove my the whole upper tray every time. So what I did is I created a sliding tray. So that way you can actually, you know, if you have cigars piled here, you can grab them. If they're over here, you can slide and grab them from down here. And I like um, that because, and, and for me as a cigar smoker, like I separate my cigars in my humidor by like what type of cigars they are, not by brand. I separate yep. my cigars by if I'm going to smoke a medium, I'm going to smoke a medium plus or a full, or yep. then I'm going to in my top tray, I'm going to put the top echelon cigars like my Alec Bradley Rare and Fine, my Opus X. I like yeah. to separate out my cigars, so I love the fact that you made it a slider so I can get to the cigars that I'm looking for. Exactly, yeah. It's not a big disruption, you know, pulling out everything to get to what you want. Um, and it does have, you know, it is removable, so you can remove it. It has a little bit of branding on it. And then in the bottom, again, we have, well, here's another really cool thing that kind of goes unmentioned, I think, but we've custom manufactured these rubber gasket seals that go in the back of the hygrometer. And this just creates an extra level of protectiveness against any air leakage. So this fits really tightly in the back and it has, you know, little slots for the sensor right here. Gotcha. So this plugs into the back to, to really create that airtight seal in the front. Cause some, some customers are concerned, you know, about maybe it leaking, but after the custom, you know, engineering that we've done to the to the hygrometer, and and also at going that extra level and adding this this seal, um, you know, that's not going to happen. So, <laughs> well, and we make the hygrometer so you can pop it out for a couple of reasons. One, so you can calibrate it, you can replace the battery, you can replace the whole hygrometer if it goes bad, whatever the case may be. So that's been a big point of contention. People don't like holes in their box. And so we've kind of tried to mitigate that with a really tight seal on that whole sort of apparatus. Um, and it really doesn't at this point, like it's, it's no big deal. Yeah, exactly. So, and then in the bottom too, I'm, I tried to angle it a little bit so you can see it, but we have again, the recessed hydro tray. So, you know, one thing that really always bothered me about my humidors was I had this really awkward jar or, you know, some other humidification device, especially for a glass top where, you know, I couldn't stack any cigars. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. I had the same yeah. frustration on one of my older humidors and I, it, it's like, 
functionality it wasn't a problem but with my mental picture of how i wanted my cigars it was just in the way yeah i hated it and you don't only you not only lose you know the stacking ability this way but you lose it this way right you lose a lot of space there to be able to store cigars and also the humidity will just rise in that one corner Right. Yeah, we've noticed that a lot. I don't think people realize this, but there's hot spots. So when you have that sort of, you know, smaller humidity, maybe just a jar or something, it'll create a like it might be 75% humidity around that jar, but you go to the other side of the box. And if you measure that other side of the box, it might actually be 65, right? Because it just creates that sort of pocket, especially in a larger humidor. So we try to mitigate that with a larger tray on the bottom to spread it out more. Well, I remember yeah. back in my early days, I was using some system that uses the little balls that get big when you pour uh, the uh, solution on them, but it fit in these four little jars that were uh, 90 degree angles on two sides and rounded on the front. So they had to go in the corners. And so when you put four of those in there, you completely ruin, like Ian said, the stackability because they're taking up all this space and they're on all four corners. Yeah, it creates a really awkward, you know, space inside the humidor. Well, and then sure. I then I went to a system that used a like a sponge tray, but it velcroed to the top. And what really sucked Real about classy. that, yeah, yeah. And what really sucked about that is it was a glass top humidor. So when you look in there, <laughs> all you see is this sponge thing with uh, uh, Velcro on it. You know, it was ugly. But then also yeah. over time, the stickiness would, because of the humidity, would become unsticky and it would fall down and land on top of my cigars. And I was just, you know, very frustrated. So that's why. I am a cigar smoker that appreciates what you do because I've been through all the BS that goes yeah. with humi- humi- uh, humidors. So yeah. I love the intent that you did on the design on every piece. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And it, again, it was my frustration too. It's just, you know, I was like, you're just ruining the design of the humidors because of this awkward crappy looking humidification system and that's kind of where this recessed idea comes where it's actually just sitting in the base of the humidor right yeah it's not in the way completely hidden yeah and the other thing too is when you do have to refill it it's good to move those cigars around it's good it's good to to get that variability so it's actually kind of encouraged, you know, to, to rotate your cigars as you do refill it. So it kind we of do get some complaints. Yeah. From people. I think that's one of the big things. It's like people like, Oh, why don't you make a system where you can pull slide the tray out from the back, fill the tray in and slide it back in. And we've thought about it. And I think it creates another gap an air gap in the box. But the other thing that it does is it now just kind of, creates this sense of, well, I'll just leave my cigars alone all the time. And then you're just, you're going to get your cigars on the bottom are going to be more humidified than your cigars on the top. So kind of we force the rotation by making you take it all apart and do that. I got you. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah you need, you need, we've just, you know, you need to be rotating your cigars to get that even distribution of humidity. Um, and it depends if you're in Colorado, you might have to, you know, it's kind of, you know, you might have to do it every couple of weeks or once a month. If you're in, you know, in our, in Indiana during the summer, to be honest, I mean, I fill the tray up maybe once or twice a summer and it lasts the, the entire time. So, um, it's, it's kind of, it depends on how many cigars you have in there, how dry they are, all that kind of stuff. But yeah. Yeah. Not a variable. yeah. Yeah. 
And then uh, in the bottom, you know, we have the handy dandy hydro tray, uh, which has been totally custom engineered on our end uh, to hold the crystals. So that will go in here. And, you know, we have we spent a lot of time on video tutorials, like kind of walking the customer through how to properly season and maintain humidors. And Talk about the cedar for a second, Ian. I think that's a kind of a missed point a lot of these. Yeah. So right here in the back wall, you can see all of, you know, these new humidor models that we're coming out with. We're lining the entire inside with five, you know, with large, thick pieces of cedar, um, which is actually not standard, like at all in humidors. A lot of times you'll see, you know, just a veneer. Um, but we've noticed we sent, we've been experimenting a lot with just adding large pieces of cedar in the box. And the long term maintenance of that becomes infinitely easier. Um, it also seasons it seasons the cigars even better you get you get you pull out the flavor profile of the cigars much easier um i think if you take apart a similarly priced humidor you'll probably find uh 50 or less of the cedar than what we have in this box so we've got at least at least two to three times the amount of cedar in this humidor than you'll see across across the market um, and, and it really shows. And that I mean, does I, not I surprise me at all. That I mean, w like you said, with the cheap, faulty hygrometers, I mean, if I'm going to save money there to ship out a product, why would I not sh you know, skimp on the, how much cedar I'm putting in the box as well? And some humidors, I question if they actually have any cedar in the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 wild, and I, you know, cedar is kind of hard to work with because it'll it'll warp and move, and so there's really a lot of tricks, manufacturing tricks that you have to do to actually put a lot of cedar in the box. Not that simple, where you can just oh, just put more cedar in. You actually have to do it in in certain ways that make make it so that it doesn't warp on you in the long term. You're not getting like really ugly box after six months of having moisture in there. So those are just some of the stuff that we've had to kind of work through over the last couple of years. And I think people don't understand, I mean, that box in order to get that military unit on the market, you know, COVID was a little bit of a factor here, but it's easily, what would you say in like 18 to 24 months is probably the time to we had, you know, fully designed, ready to go to on the market is, is like yep. 18 to 24 months. Yep. I would say. So like, yeah. like, I, like, so like we've mentioned, everything is custom. So it's, it's not just, you know, I'm picking from a catalog. It's right. Everything's been thought through. So, so I'm guessing yeah. that my humidor where I just pour the water in the top hole is going to be a few years out. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I mean, people, yeah. Like I said, I think even for me, when I first got doing this, it's like you, you, you have a new idea and you're like, Oh, well, let's, let's launch that. Right. And it's like, it's just not that simple. Um, and then even when you do, you know, you have to launch it in, in somewhat of a small quantity because what you realize doing this long enough is that there's going to be stuff that you miss and you're going to want to make changes. So we typically will kind of restrict that initial order to a smaller quantity so that if there's anything somebody complains about, even something just a small, uh, you know, minute thing that we can go and make that change in, in the next batch that we order and just continually improve versus if you order a huge quantity, now you're kind of stuck with that in the supply chain until you can move stuff out. So we, we've learned a lot about how to make sure that we're doing this the right way. Um, it's been it's fun, a lot of fun. 
So tell me a little bit about some of the other products that you guys offer as too, because we always mention the leather man bag that I, I, you know, originally, well, originally I called it a purse, uh, just because it, it drives Bryant crazy, but man, that's a good looking leather bag you guys offer and the price point on it is really nice. Yeah. I mean, that bag actually, uh, you know, we've, we, we've experimented with bags, uh, for a couple of years. We have a, another brand with a, like a, a bag. It's like a water, it's called Glenn and lock. And it has, uh, it's like made out of this PVC material. It's like an indestructible, we like drug it behind a car and, you know, we have all these videos of us doing some crazy stuff with it. Um, and so we kind of took some of those learnings and made this, like we, we went and sourced, it took us months and months and months to find this type of leather. It's, it's called crazy horse leather. And it's cow leather, it's not horse leather, but it's just like this really thick, um, just beautiful, beautiful, like you will just, it's, it's only sold one place in the world. I'm not even gonna tell you where, because I don't want anybody else to find it, but it's, it's gorgeous leather and it's so thick and so hardy and it will like wear beautifully and it's made, it's a very time consuming and expensive process to make. And so that bag, um, we've just we've had a hard time getting traction with it. I think there's a lot of competitors in that bag space. And I don't think people realize the value that we kind of brought to the table. And so we've kind of just lowered the price to a point where it's a no brainer for people. Uh, but we're not making a ton of money. I was going to say, you're not making <laughs> so, much money on it then because it's not it's, making it, hardly anything on it right now. We're just, we're really just trying to get sort of a following with it and, and to see. So if you buy this bag, uh, you, you're getting a steal. Um, and it's a, beautiful weekender uh, i mean it's it's really really nice and then we've got kind of a leather journal and a wallet and everything that goes along with it like you'd expect to have kind of a whole experience uh with it but you know leather goods i, I just think there's so many out there and people don't it's really hard to show the value of a leather good uh, online i sure. mean without touching it and feeling it and so i think that's one of those that if you found it in retail would do really really well comparatively to the other products on the market but when you show it online it's like, well, there's, you know, there's 40 other ones on Amazon. That, yeah. I mean, and that's, that's the downfall of online is it's, it becomes more about price point versus quality because you can't see the quality online. For sure. And, and it gets to, it gets to be difficult to, um, you know, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't push us to innovate. So what we, we were experimenters. So we're going to launch something like that. We're going to see how well the market teaches, you know, what, what the market says about it. And if the market tells us, yeah, we don't really care that much, right. About your innovation. We don't care that you spent a year sourcing this leather to have the best letter. We don't care that you put a pocket in it. That's for a specific, you know, for a laptop that, you know, no other leather bag on the market really has a, a laptop pocket like ours and just the internals and everything about it. It's an amazing bag. And, uh, but you know, the market just doesn't care that much. It wasn't solving a big enough problem. And so, right. you know, it is what it is. Um, it's considered so a luxury item. And, you know, to me, if you're going to go out and get something that's a luxury item, I want the best. And so it sounds like the type of leather that you guys are using puts it in that category. Yeah. And we, exactly. Yeah. We, we're, we're, I mean, we've, we've actually, uh, I mean, that bag has been a journey of love for us, not one of profit, but one, but one of love. And so if you, if, if you get, if you want it, get it now, because I don't know how much longer we'll keep doing it just because it's just not, um, it's not that exciting for us. You know, we want to do stuff that we love and that the market appreciates. And that's one of those things where we don't want to be another, just me too 
product there. And I think, I think it's kind of turned into that, especially since the value of me, again, you go look on Amazon, you can get the crappiest leather, you know, bag for 50 bucks on there and right. nowhere in comparison to what we offer, but people still, I guess, prefer that in this, in this category. So we're kind of like, well, whatever, you know? Right. Um, well, and that's the so, thing that shows that your passion is in the cigar industry. And so to me, you guys have completely did a 180 from what the cigar market is used to, uh, as far as humidors. Mm -hmm. And when I, opened up the octador box i was just like i mean the first thing that caught my eye and i say this all the time is just the beauty of that piano black finish that you guys did i mean i haven't seen another humidor that looks that pretty you know what i mean yeah no we've we've we think we've got the best manufacturing partners in the world uh and and we've taken years to build up the expertise and and uh, so we were really happy with our positioning in that market and we think i mean Sky's the limit. I mean, we, we have like 17 new models that we were trying to launch this year. We just launched three uh, and and we've got a bunch more that we hope are coming. But it's one of those things where it's really, really difficult right now to get stuff out the door um, just from a from a manufacturing capacity standpoint. And so we're we're working our butts off. But we got some cool stuff uh, released and, and even more cool stuff coming. Just like you said, for us, we see the same things you do, right? You want a bigger model. You want it to be beautiful. You want it to work flawlessly. And that stuff all takes a lot of time to do properly. And so we're just taking the time that's necessary to make sure we do that. So, Well, the main thing that I love is the quality and also the aesthetics, how nice it looks. So if I'm a cigar smoker, I have like capacity and I, I usually keep, you know, two to 300 cigars on hand. And so I'm going to store my cigars in one place, but there's select cigars that I keep in my humidor. You know what I mean? Not just in my refrigerator. Yeah. And so that's yeah. the piece that you guys have really done well is making a quality piece that I, I'm just not storing cigars in. I'm proud of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, we want to make this experience, right? Where you walk over to your, you know, your humidor and you got your buddies with you and it's like an experience where you open it up, it smells amazing and you pick it out and they're like, "Wow." Like they get it. I'm like, "Oh, this is cool. Like this is a this is a cool experience." That's what we're all about is trying to create that experience every time. Well, I can say every time I've opened the Octador, I hear angels sing. <laughs> I don't know about that, but trumpets, <laughs> trumpets, a flock of doves fly over the shed. <laughs> that, that's going to be in the next model, I hope. Here yeah. you go. <laughs> well, hey guys, I want to appreciate or say thank you so much. I really do appreciate you taking the time to come on the show with us and introduce the guys behind the business. Uh, you know what I love about these type of interviews is when people know of a company, all they know is like there's a big building somewhere and there's this company making these products. But when these interviews happen, we get to meet the guys and find out that they're just regular guys like us and they have a passion to build something and they want to build the best that they can. So we appreciate you taking the time and letting our guys get to know you guys. Yeah, we appreciate you guys. You guys. I mean, obviously we couldn't do this without the support of guys like you and your community and, and, uh, and the cigar community, that's the thing that honestly makes me love even more what I do is that it's like, it's like a bunch of guys trying to help each other out. And it's like, it, there's even, even among competitors in this space, 
it's just so friendly and so uh, just welcoming that it's it's really unlike almost any other industry that I've been in. I mean, it's just a great industry to be a part of. So yeah, it really is. And I'll give this example before we go. I was talking to one of our Light 'em Up crew members, and his son had a birthday not long ago. And, you know, his son smokes what we consider to be dog rockets, you know, I mean, just not very good <laughs> yeah. cigars. But he's but he's young and he's learning. And they went to the humidor or the, the local brick and mortar and they went in the humidor and bought some cigars. And anyway, while they were there, just a couple of guys that they didn't know for his birthday bought him like a Padron 1926. And he was telling me, you know, nice. my son won't appreciate that 1926 because he's not experienced enough. And I said, yeah, but that's the beauty yeah. of the cigar community. I mean, when complete yeah. strangers will turn around and buy a kid they don't even know a thirty dollar cigar, that's a great community. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, absolutely. hey guys, I agree. and I, I think it's a business I could be in long term too. I love it. Oh, absolutely. Well, hey guys, thank you so much for taking the time, and uh, we will be talking to you real soon. And if you guys want to check out the uh, Humidor lines and everything else that Case Elegance produces, uh, look down in the show notes. There's a link down below. Click on the link. Go by, check out what they have. If you use the uh, uh, code Cigar Talk, you get free monogram on anything that they make. So, anyway, guys, thank you so much, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate it. Hey, guys, hope you enjoyed that interview with uh, Michael and Ian. Those dudes, man, they are impressive to me because they're following their heart and their passion. You know what I mean? They're just like... Because their degrees are not exactly geared towards what they are doing now. So, I mean, it's like guys going, you know what? I did all this. I checked the boxes of what I was supposed to do. Now, now I'm going to do what I really are passionate fun. about. Yeah. It's time to have And fun. so hats off to those guys. You know, they're younger. I say they're younger. They're younger than us. <laughs> <laughs> that covers a wide spectrum. Yeah, not that long. <laughs> so. We still, we in between the baby boomers and the millennials. So we got part of both of that, that craziness, man. Oh, yeah. We got part of both mm-hmm. of that craziness. Because we just started the video games. Oh, dude. We just started that We stuff. were doing video games in the 70s. Yes. So. <laughs> Standing in front of them damn things. Man, you see my quarters? <laughs> you see my quarters? Don't come yeah, over here. Dude, that, that's all gone. It's gone. I, I mean, Luke, have you ever, do you ever play video games at a arcade? There's not any of See? It's, what about the one in the mall? Look, you see his face? Yeah, yeah, no. He's, he's like, no. They're all garbage. Right. All the games are garbage. Yeah, Especially... Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Now, what about, so what about, like, the VR? Mm. Is that is that taking hold yet? In Japan, it is. Because they have it in every damn thing. Yeah. It's not just games over there. Really well, like, here in town, at prime time, you can do, go do VR. Have you done it? Oh, see, see, he really? got his own system. <laughs> Why would I well, go to prime time when I can go into my own room? But that's my point overall yeah. is 
that industry has grown into home entertainment. Oh, heck yeah. It's not a... You don't have to go anywhere. I mean, anymore. maybe in Japan, like he was saying, it is. But see, they but all that's about because retro. they've evolved. Yeah, but they are about retro over there because you go, oh, blue, oh, Levi's, that you're trying to get rid of, the was it the red thread? Red thread re- Levi's, you, man, I don't even want to wear these no more. You can sell them for $100, $200 in Japan. Jordan's, if, if it still has a soul on it, you can get $200 in Japan. Wow. Fighting games, yeah. They they love it retro. Do you remember the first karate game, dude? Oh. I mean, it was two guys yep. dressed in white, white. keys. And they keys, would th- keys, whatever they, they're called. They were throwing kicks that went straight up. Yes. I mean, that was the first arcade yes. karate game. And now, you know, oh, dude, have you seen the previews? To uh, Mortal Kombat? I watched the movie. Oh, okay. Lay it on me. Is it good? Dude, yes. Okay, because that's, that's on my list. You go to back watch. to the old ones, you're like, nah. They brought the story to it. They introduced a new character. I'm going to shut up. They introduced a new character that is bought into it because of who his lineage is. It's, it's good. It's good. It, it held my attention, and that's that's hard to do when you know we had so many Mortal Kombat Evolution, all the rest of them, the Mortal Kombat movies, for it to get. To hold my attention, I was like, "Yeah, they did what they needed to do." So, cool. Well, That's a I, good movie because I because I did not really care for the uh, lizard monkey movie. Lizard monkey. Oh, you talking about Godzilla? And Kong? Yeah, I didn't care for that. <laughs> I was like, "Lizard monkey." <laughs> I expected Kong to totally kick his ass because he can, man. But you know, it's a Japanese movie, so who who are they going to pub up? They ruined it. Godzilla. Godzilla. Yeah, but was it a Japanese movie? It was. Yes. I thought it was they an had American Amer- movie. They had American characters in there, but Japan had a lot to do with that. A lot. Well, they ruined it yeah. because the monkey. Because we know we know who Kong is, man. The monkey we know who Kong is, always man. wins. We know who Kong is. He yeah. fights different. Freaking Godzilla has Tyrannosaurus. He got alligator arms. You can't. How you gonna fight Kong with that, man? Right. You either have the ray. Yeah, that's it. Or you have the tail. And, and what did Kong do in the first, the other movie, the first movie? He grabbed the pterodactyl and just ripped his head off. Right. So now you don't have a ray. But he comes against Godzilla. They chained him down. See, they ser- they tried to serve him up. They did. They, <laughs> they chained did. him they down. They had him on the boat. Yeah, sir, chained down. And they yelling, unchain him, unchain him. You should have unchained him when you saw dude was coming. You remember the scene where the daughter goes out on the deck. Yes. And they, like, touch fingers. Yes. I was thinking... Kong was not, he was super strong, mm-hmm. but he was stupid. Why? Because if he would have snatched up that girl, now you better unlock me see, and let me off of She here. was the only one that could talk to him because they didn't even know he knew sign language. I don't care. That blew their mind when they, they he can hey, talk? Hey. Yeah, Kong can, That's I, how bad Kong is. If he could talk. If I was Kong, I would have snatched her up and I would have given them some sign language with the other finger. <laughs> You know, it's like, <laughs> what do you think about me now? You're wrong. <laughs> You're Unbolt wrong. me. You're wrong. <laughs> Did you hear? It's going to be a $180 billion divorce. I thought you were going to say it's going to be 180 degrees. No, I was like, this climate control shit is getting out of hand. <laughs> we out of hand. No, a $180 billion divorce. $180 billion? Yep. Is that who is that? Bill Gates and his wife are filing for divorce. Are you, are yep. you serious? Serious is a heart attack. 
Wow. You know, that's like Warren Buffett getting divorced. <laughs> that's too, that's so much money. That's yeah, but here's the thing. That's too much money. To you know what? Around. Here's, you me tell you why two people that have been married that long get a divorce with that much money involved. Why? Because at one time, she said to Bill. <laughs> Here we go. Bill, I think I want to get. A new airplane. And he said, I don't think we should spend the money. And she said, fuck you, give me half. Because <laughs> other than that, she can do whatever she wants to do. I remember. I think it was Eddie Murphy said this joke about when Johnny Carson was getting a, a, a divorce. And he's like, Johnny Carson, worth almost a billion dollars. His wife, no job. So one day she comes in. Here, honey, here's $86 today. <laughs> His one billion, right. and then she gets mad and says, "I want a divorce." Right. And it was like, "Well, take your eighty six dollars and get the <laughs> and get the heck on up out of here." But it was yeah. like, "Why? Why?" Yeah, that you know what—that's a conversation that I'm not allowed to have. True. <laughs> you know what I did? True. Only single men True. get can to have tell it. that story. Can have it. Or Eddie Murphy, who's had, what, nine wives? Right. <laughs> I've been married 12, 26 years. I'm not doing I'm not going that, that route. No. Yeah, my honey is good at whatever she wants to do. I got do. $200. <laughs> she won't. Hey, hey, I got $200, and she says no. I got $200. That's the way that That's works. That's the way this is going to go. I have a house and a van and $200. Where are you going? Right. I'll be in the shed. <laughs> but get it off my yard. I can, see, I can see you taking the shed. Oh, you know I'm taking the shed. I mean, I've already thought if I just put a hole in the wall right here, I can pee right out oh that window. God. Oh, my God. What else do I need? That's it, baby. I can put a hammock in here <laughs> what is it uh hey I, you know what let's put it on a raft <laughs> uber uber eats <laughs> i don't have to leave i can just stand at the oh, wall i'll put and this sit back on, down. i'll put this sucker on top of a couple of rafts oh my god Dude, I'll be up and down the Mississippi. Now you dangerous. <laughs> you play with the Mississippi. There's two rivers in the world. You don't play with the Nile and the Mississippi. You got two, that right. You don't play Dude, with them. That that. <laughs> For a second, I said, "Are we recording?" Yes, <laughs> yes, we are. I'm glad you thought. <laughs> Wow. I'm so glad you thought. <laughs> yes, I won't go down that road. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the producer says we should probably wrap, wrap it, it up. up. Just so before, you know. Before we get hey, canceled. <laughs> hey, hey, just so you guys know, during the break of the interview, me and Bryant played a drinking game yes. <laughs> <laughs> and i lost <laughs> and it hey, got bright in here everybody show look look we're gonna the, say the last the third definition cigar and it's still looking like a champ last third and it's still it's not unraveling none it's it's oily still mm, it's good i'm impressed with the burn all the way down mm. so you know what now i'm gonna have to test one on the next show Ain't nothing wrong with it. You know what I mean? Let's do a six-month test. I don't have a problem. Well, okay. Not That's a long time, months. though. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, whew, may not be here folks in six be, months. Folks will be like, they ain't finished smoking them sticks yet. <laughs> 
God. Yeah. Let's <laughs> let's let's do a three week. Death. Okay. That's more plausible. Because six months, I'd be like, man, can I smoke something else? Can I please smoke something else? No. Damn. I'm going to the cigar pulpit. <laughs> Because they'll let you smoke anything. anything. <laughs> you want a backwoods? Take it. No, I'm not doing that one, bro. Hey, Nick and Gator, we love you. Love you. <laughs> when you think of Nick and Gator, Did you tell, see me, this dude? Tell, me, tell me you don't hear a banjo. A banjo, and this dude in all his freaking Instagram and Facebook, he's naked, man. Everything he doing. I'm like, what is up with Gator, man? <laughs> what is what's on it? Well, we know what's not on him, but what's on his mind, man? <laughs> He's the naked gardener. For real. <laughs> except he doesn't limit his no, nakedness no, to the garden. No. I'm like, it pops up and it's like you scrolling through, you're like, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that one gift you sent somebody. <laughs> <laughs> You know which one? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You're, you're like, you're, when you get done seeing that, you're like, did I hear a horse? <laughs> did I hear a horse? And <laughs> this is going to be somebody's <laughs> gift next year. Right. <laughs> so I'm passing this on. So, anyway, guys, thanks for hanging out with us. We want to say thank you to the Patreons yes, again. Yes. Thank you to our sponsors. Appreciate you. Hope y'all, you enjoyed man. the show. And. Just so you know, we're not done with the drinking game. Nope. The show's over, but the drinking game is just getting warmed up. It started. So anyway, guys, y'all have a great week. Until next time. Keep smoking. Boom.